Bro, Chris, tell us about life. Man, it has been a week. A little over well. a week. <laughs> I'll be so glad when we're done with all the stuff in the move. Jesus. I've been building furniture, fixing furniture, uh, dealing with computer issues. So my, uh, I finally got stuff set up and I was ready to stream some more. Start streaming, get a few hours in, and all of a sudden, my uh, streaming computer's display just turns off. So I'm like, huh, that's odd. The uh, stream died with it, of course. So I remote into it, and it's still running, but it's having some video card issue. or It, it acts like it's a driver issue, but I think it's actually a video card issue, and the driver crashing is just a symptom mm-hmm. of the issue. Um, so I have another video card coming for that. So in the meantime, I'm trying to stream off my gaming computer, which means I can't stream a PC game right now. Since I don't really want to do both, I'll kill my quality, which already isn't great because I use it for everything else. Wow. Uh, just having the browser open kills most of the memory on the computer because I have a few tabs in Windows, you know, just a couple. Yeah. So that'll come next week. Let me let me ask on yeah. a scale of one to ten, one being yeah probably not likely, most likely not going to happen. Ten being it's a most definite concrete set in stone. When how do you think this is the last move you're ever going to have to do? No, I mean we're mm. in an apartment now, so we'll have to move wherever oh, we we'll yeah. go after this. Yeah, but as far as long distance move, it should be at least for. a Really long time. Do you wanna do you wanna go ahead and get your week off your chest? Uh sure. Go for it. Let me uh get my handy dandy notebook. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> it, it it's actually a lot shorter on notes than usual because of all the moving stuff I've been doing because I've kind of been alternating days. I'll mm-hmm. have a day where I do pretty much nothing productive around the apartment, but I'll play mm-hmm. games or something. And then I'll have a day where I'm productive and I don't play really any games. Right. So it's been not super active for me on the gaming side. I haven't watched any TV or movies, which I Mm -hmm. should have. Um, It's okay. I forgive you. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a good time when I'm not actually going to game, but I'm still sitting at my computer doing nothing. Though, to be fair, I've been watching AGDQ for most of it. Oh, well, yeah. Well, bravo. Yeah. Um, So I haven't played it yet, but I just wanted to let you know that uh, the PlayStation Store had a discount on Bloodborne plus all the DLC for Mm. 14 bucks. So I grabbed that. Oh, so worth it. It was worth it back when I bought it for 15. Yeah. So I figured you'd appreciate that, but. Very. uh, Before I get into the main game I've been playing. I did try a game. I got invited to the beta called uh, Next Player Up. Player Unknown Battleground. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's out of early access now. That's a, that's know, a release yeah, it's game. A, it's a game now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything's changed for the last like year it's been in early access. Mm. Anyway. I'm uh, a real game. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Anyway. Who is, who is Player Unknown's Geppetto? 
Oh, it's got you know what? That's who who's the host of the Game of Year awards? Uh Jeff Keeley. Yeah, no. Jeff <laughs> Jeff Keeley is player unknown's Geppetto. Uh, well yeah, uh, you you're you're real game now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I got invited to this beta for a game called Next Up Hero. It's I don't even know what to fully call the game's uh genre. It is a kind of top down uh what are Diablo type games called? What's that called? Uh if uh, over the over the top, over the head, over the top, over the head exploring games, adventure explorer. Okay. Whatever. They so have, you know what? I swear they have a specific genre. They do. Oh, they do. Yeah. I just can't remember what it is at the moment. But it's top down like that, but instead of being dungeon crawler. Okay. I I guess it's a technically a dungeon crawler probably. But it's a top-down, you have multiple characters you can choose from at any time. When it, or mm-hmm. I say at any time, but when you die and have to start a level. Uh, because there's a level select, you choose which one you're going to play. So it's a bit different in that aspect. It's an actual level-based dungeon crawler, so to speak. Uh, so you pick your character and they have different weapons, abilities. The one you start out with shoots and the... Alternate attack is a kind of grenade launcher thing, which I didn't switch off that because I didn't want to go to a melee character because I just had enough trouble as is shooting. Um, mm. It was a interesting little game. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll actually purchase it. I don't know what the price is on it. I'll also uh, influence my decision. Yeah. But as a beta tester, even though I played it for like 30 minutes I get 50% off so that it might be worth picking up at that point Uh, but it's not it's not anything to write home about it's not doing anything super new that I saw Uh, the there appears to be a story but I don't think I got far enough to really get into it and I don't Mm -hmm. know how much of it was even available during the beta so it may have just been a mechanics, a more of a mechanics-based beta test than anything. Yeah. Uh, so I, I might look into it more. I might not. Not a bad game, just not, not really what I'm looking to play right now. Yeah. So, I don't know, I'll think about it. Well, I mean, if, if it didn't wow you, it didn't wow you. Yeah. But the game I've been playing the most this past week and some odd days is Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh boy. So Tell me about it. just for a baseline, I am thirty percent completed on the game. That's in the uh in game tracker. So whatever that arbitrary number is. Yeah. Uh, I'm level twenty four. If that also makes any difference to kind of where I'm gauging how much I've done. Uh one of the first things I noticed about the game was the load times are horrendous. Um, but it's only it's only when you're first loading the game and when you fast travel far away. When you're just going mm. around the world, there's no load times. Uh, I mean, unless it lasts a loaded cutscene or it transports you to another area. But just running around the world, you don't experience that load time, the load right. time issues. Uh, so it's it's a minor thing. 
Um, also at the very be- near the beginning, probably the first, I don't know, four hours or so of the game, I noticed that the main character's facial animations uh, seemed a little off. It didn't quite seem as the emotions weren't matching up with the face. You know, the mo- the, the voice didn't match up with the face and whatnot and what was being said. Yeah. So it's not like the Mass Effect type thing where it's just out of sync or just straight up funny faces. It just didn't seem to match. So, and But it seems better later in the game. I've hmm. been actually, since I noticed that, I've been paying more attention to it. And it does seem to be a little bit better later in the game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so as far as actual gameplay, it's interesting. It's not quite what I was expecting. I didn't realize it was going to be so much stealth. But I'm finding I like that for the most part. I just catch myself trying to treat it too much like Assassin's Creed. Uh, with the stealth and trying to... The climbing is really what kills me at times. Because you have to look for these yellow spots or some other arbitrary difference that means you can climb there, but you can't climb an inch to the left or right of it. Yeah. So I think that, I I don't, I don't know. I see why they did it like that, because that limits you, you know, what you can do and helps them shape the world better. But it's annoying at the same time. Because there are all these places I want to get to the top of, and I can't because I can't climb it. Uh, I, and even when there's a marker on the map for some sort of collectible, I'll go there and I'm like, oh, it's up there. I can see it up there. Like right now I'm going after what one of the, uh, viewpoints they're called. I think they're Mm -hmm. viewpoints, something like that. And I don't know how to get to it. It's up on this big rock. I've walked all the way around it and I, on the opposite side of it, there's kind of two big rocks. Uh, next to each other, but there's a gap in between you can walk through. Mm-hmm. And it's way too far to jump. It's like four or five <clears> times <throat> the jumping length, uh, the maximum jumping length. So definitely no way to jump across. But I've gone all the way around it. Can't find any climbing points. There's no ramp going up to it. There's a ramp on the other side, so I've confirmed visually that I can see the focal point or the viewpoint right there on top of the other rock. Can't get to it. So I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Breath of the Wild will spoil you on, on height climbing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was actually concerned about that slightly whenever I started playing Black Flag because, you know, duh, Assassin's Creed is known for climbing. Yeah. But they don't, you don't really have that issue. You know, you they have a lot of mountainous regions, and, and I'm not trying to turn, you know, I, I didn't mean to rupture. your, I'm going to come back to what you were saying, but. I'm, I, this this come to mind when I was playing Black Flag, and there's a lot of mountainous regions, yes, but there's it's like ninety percent of Black Flag is all in buildings, and there's yeah. no stamina meter. So as long as you can find a foothold and a handhold, you can go. Um, so this is like levels of climbing. You got apparently this game you're playing Horizon Zero Dawn, which is like no, you have to find a static, you have to find the train, yeah. you have to find the trail, you have to find exactly where they want you to go. To get from point A to point B, Assassin's Creed is like, yeah, you can go wherever you want. You just got to make sure you find a good foothold. And Breath of the Wild is, can you see it? Climb it. The only thing holding you back is your stamina meter. Yeah. That's it. Doesn't matter where you're going. So. And in Assassin's Creed, with the latest one, that's not a problem anymore. 
because they updated the climbing system to be mm-hmm. what it should be. So you see this Which rock. Have to. <laughs> yeah, you see this rock. You can climb that rock. Sure, there are a couple little spots where okay, it's not letting me go up, but that's more of a glitch, not a. You just can't climb here. It's oh, I just right. happen to be at that one height, like where your foot's almost touching the ground, but you're on the wall, but it won't let you go up. But your head's poking over the ledge, so it's like I, I just want to step up on this ledge. I, so there are a couple of issues like that in Assassin's Creed, but for the most part, you can see it, you can climb it now, which is really nice. That's just uh, something I look forward to now in almost any game that I see that is, may, maybe not if it's open world. I mean, I don't expect to climb things in, in like, like if there's a Grand Theft Auto 6. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect like top grade climbing <laughs> physics in it. But if it's an open world style game, like what I assumed uh, Horizon to be, or like what Breath of the Wild is, man, you got you got to live to that climbing ability for me. The low times, yes, but the climbing, if you, if yeah, yeah. oh man, I just I don't know if I can go back. I feel like I have been <laughs> I have been dark souls out of climbing now, thanks to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, so it, it's it's just kind of a annoying thing that keeps you from being able to enjoy the environment as much because you can't get to a lot of places as easy or at all. So you see something neat, you want to climb it, you can't. Uh, But overall, I'm enjoying the game. The story is interesting. Um, I, I haven't gotten far enough to where they've talked a whole lot about the machines and how they're animals and, you know, the source of them, etc. Mm-hmm. So aside from that, but as far as the main character's story, it is interesting and fairly engaging. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know. Aside from some minor things, I don't really have anything negative overall to say. The upgrade system, I like. It gives you a flexibility to design the character to your play style. And pretty much there's nothing useless in the skill tree. Right. Some are more useful at different times than other others. But I'm finding myself saving skill points just for when I run into a situation and go, man, I wish I had that skill. I can buy it. <laughs> So I'll be able to, you know, get through what I'm trying to get through, whether it's a boss or tough or a machine. There's been a couple that have given me troubles and like I didn't care about being able to heal better. But then I had a boss who kept killing me and I I actually ran out of ways to heal. And I've been Mm. I've been running around with no uh, medicine and no potions for a while. So I'm Mm -hmm. actually going to have to stop and take some time to uh, grind out the materials, which I did that for the inventory upgrades. I got very annoyed quick, quickly. I quickly got annoyed by (laughs) how little inventory space there was, especially for modifications. In this day and age? Get out of here. (laughs) So I, uh, I took a couple hours probably and just went and, killed little defenseless animals for a while 
mm, for their you yeah. know meat and bones and skins. Things. Yep. So, it. Yeah. My my concern with this game, Chris, I think mm-hmm. I mentioned this in the last episode or episode before, is that I I went out on YouTube, the wonderful landscape of YouTube, and it started to watch the Horizon Zero Dawn movie, mm-hmm. which is basically the story of the game period. The story for me was mediocre, but I I mean I'm not that was <clears throat> and I hope I made this statement. If I didn't, I'll make it now. That was not me condemning the game. I don't know what the gameplay of that game is like, aside from what I've heard in reviews and watched in quick plays and reviews and etc. So, how is the gameplay for you? How have you enjoyed it? How much has it kept you around? Is it engaging? Is it fun? Is it mind-blowing? Is it average? What is it? So, in this game, most of the gameplay is combat. You know, that's really what matters. Uh, let's see, non-game, non-combat before I get into it. Uh, fast travel is great. They make it very accessible. They don't make it free, though, which is something unusual for modern games that have fast travel. It's like, oh, once you unlock it, you can use it. But you actually have a consumable, a travel pack or something it is, which is very easy to craft. But And it's really only a hindrance at the beginning. So it's kind of a borderline useless feature for the fast travel. But it's there. So... Um, but fast traveling is great aside from, you know, usually causing a load time that sucks. And let's see what else. The crafting system is pretty good. I mean, I don't have any issues, I would say, with the crafting system. Uh, one of my issues I have right now is that I'm often short on materials, but that's because I've been going through them so much and I've perhaps not smartly chosen to fight some of the strongest enemies in the game that are on the world map. Um, so <laughs> I went through all my arrows, all my... Or I started using other tools, which I don't normally do, but that's caused me to quickly run out of materials. Um, but there are, in the skill tree, skills that let you craft more with, more with the materials or get more materials from... Uh, harvesting or scavenging them, which I got immediately when I started the game because I knew I might as well start stocking up on stuff early if possible. But even beyond that, it could do with a little bit of boost uh, as far as material gathering goes. Um, let's see, what else not combat related? I uh, already talked about climbing. Uh, okay, I guess that's it for non-combat that I can think of at the moment. Uh, combat, like I said, this game is a lot more stealth-based than I expected. Mm-hmm. Not that you really have to play that way a lot of times, but I chose to do a build where I prioritized stealth kills and stealth uh, hits so that I do more damage from the shadows, uh, which is good early game, but I'm discovering that later on you don't one-shot things anymore when you get uh, stealth shots, even when they're fully powered up. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think I have every power-up that now applies to stealth skills, so I just need straight-up better weapons. Which is... That—that that is another issue I have with the game. I think there should be more weapon upgrades. Yeah. 
there are some, and I'm probably when I play again, I'm going to start working on a side quest type thing that gives you weapon upgrades to see how much better they are, if it's worth it. But I've been... And weapons have modifications you can put in them too. So you can up the damage by, say, 20%. I'm not sure what the cap is. I think the highest percentage I've seen was 26%. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was not a purple rarity modification because the rare the modifications are green blue purple i think at least those are the ones i've seen mm-hmm. and the 25 or 26 percent that i saw was a blue so i'm guessing purple would be even better you know i'd hope so at that point right. so so that does help but that only applies to one type of weapon and getting modifications is easy but getting the one you want not so much because there are lots of different options you can have for a modification like for the base bow sure you'll have damage but you'll also have handling which i believe just basically means how fast you can take another shot how fast you reload mm-hmm. uh, and then you have elemental damage because you have elemental arrows you can fire which are dependent on the weapon you're using. So like the first bow I upgraded to outside of the basic one you start with had lets me fire fire arrows, which are nice. But then I just bought another bow yesterday that lets me fire electric arrows, which I haven't mm-hmm. used yet. But I, I don't think those would be pretty uh pretty effective against machinery. Well, yeah, it's effective against some machinery. <clears throat> Because each machine has a different, I say a different, e- there's different sets of weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And one machine may have three different parts you can shoot that all have different weaknesses. So you have to decide, okay, what am I going to target on this enemy? And what your weapon is will determine that. Because if I only have a fire shot, but it's weak to electric, okay, I just won't use that bow. I'll use my high-powered bow, which is more like a sniper bow. It's mm-hmm. the slow-firing tons of damage like double damage to the regular bow Mm -hmm. but it's good for headshots and sneaking long distance shots in because the way the detection works is uh, enemies have three states they can be in the neutral state which is just gray on their icon or they don't even have an icon at that point and then once something happens around them that's not expected, such as getting hit by a thing or a loud noise or maybe seeing you from a distance, their icon turns yellow. And mm-hmm. then they start looking. They're alert now. And as soon as they notice you at that point, or say you shoot them again or anything that would give them more reason to be wary, it turns red and they actively come for you. Hmm. So a tactic I use is, I'll sit back with my high-powered bow, shoot, try to shoot the weak spots. It'll turn yellow, and I'll just hide in some uh, tall grass until the yellow goes away, which sometimes can take a while, so I have started getting very impatient with it. <laughs> but you can also use that. You have a little whistle you can use to call to attract uh, machines to you. Mm-hmm. And then if you're in grass, well, they can't see you. So even though they're yellow alert, you can still get a stealth hit on them with your uh, spear. 
and possibly kill them depending on what kind of enemy it is. Which early on, that let me kill pretty much any enemy. I just got you, it. Go ahead. I was just saying, you know, you know, taking this a step further, I, I, I swear this is not going to be the Black Flag episode, but that's something else that I've noticed. It may have happened back in Assassin's Creed 2 and I just forgot, but I'm, I want to make a bigger statement about this period. I like the AI that, that, that enemies have recently. I mean, it could be a decade for all I know, but the ability of an enemy to just be checking on an area that's one state to be alert they think something is around here red alert oh they know you're here and they're looking for you so you hide and i love the next state where it's okay the coast is clear but they still check shit out like in black flag where you would run from enemies and you'd be like oh look there's a bush all i gotta do is juke around this corner and slide in that bush i'm good yeah you're good for a moment because mm-hmm. they stop and they look around and oh you're you know you're you're incognito now you're it went away but they stick in the area for a minute and they that you see them looking around corners or going to di- walking to other areas where you might be and fanning out and making a perimeter and looking around and start jabbing their their swords into bushes and into you know haystacks i, I like that I like that it's not just, man, okay, the number one fucking enemy is here. Our enemy is here. Where'd he go? I don't know. (laughs) I just turned this corner, and he's gone. Well, I guess that's it. He must have fucking vanished like a (laughs) fucking fart in the wind. Let's just give up the fight. No, 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 no. They get smarter now. Uh, I hear, I don't want to say which ones because I'm going to spoil it, but somebody kind of sort of spoiled it for me is that there are enemies in Horizon Zero Dawn that will do that. Like, if you get certain enemies to a certain state, they fucking hunt your ass after they lose you. Like, they do some crazy shit to try to find you. Yes. I like that. I can, it can be, it can add tedium to it. I get that. It can, it can make the, the, the fight, the one-on-one encounter more tedious. I get that. But I also respect that. I think that's cool. It adds a little bit more common sense to it. You know, it adds a little bit more believability to a match when something no, especially like an animal. That's not even a human. There's no fucking compassion there. If it knows you're there, it's it's going to come for you. Yeah. And there are mechan I've encountered those mechanics in uh Horizon Zero Dawn, and there are enemies that can even detect you when you are stealthed. Oh, so nice. if you're in grass, they'll send out this they'll either some of them have a visible radar thing they send out that you can see, uh but others just have a radar that when they get close, they know you're there. Right. So they don't, it's not possible. And you can actually shoot that part off, which is cool. I like mm. one of the things I really, really like about the system in the game is that you can shoot off parts of the machine to completely change the way it acts. Uh, nice. Especially on the stronger enemies, the one I'm, I was talking about I shouldn't be fighting. Mm. One of them actually, uh, it ha- it's one of the ones with the radar but it was the first thing I shot off because it's a real obvious on top of the head type thing. Um, but then you can shoot off weapons. You can shoot off armor to get to weak points. There are mechanics where if you set certain enemies on fire, it exposes, you know, vent core type things where they're weaker. Oh, nice. So it has a lot of good mechanics like that. Um, the combat overall, I really enjoy other than the weapons feeling underpowered at this point. Right. And 
it may be because I've gone without doing enough side stuff or maybe mm-hmm. I've done too much side stuff yep. that I'm to that point where I really need better weapons. But like I said, there is a side quest that I currently have available where the game has told me, hey, you do this, you can get up to three different tiers of weapons. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and go and get the scrub one, see if it's any better. And uh, depending how much better, I'll start working on the next one. Uh, I wish I had a game to explain this better, to to give a, a clear example. But there is something I've noticed in the past couple decades of my gaming that I am severely guilty of. And it it's... I don't know if it's just me being stubborn, if it's me being hard-headed and just trying to do as much as I can like vanilla, but I will get, I will go through a game, I will have power-ups, I will have stat boosters, I will have better weapons, or usually it's better stat boosters and stuff like that. If I have mm-hmm. a weapon or armor, I usually upgrade it. But there will be times where I have clear things that I can do. There's like games that have like experience bars or experience points and you could just use those. I'll just hoard them and never fucking use them mm-hmm. until I get to that one fucking boss fight <laughs> or that one thing and I'm tearing my bald fucking hair out trying to figure out what the fuck to do. And then I go through and look, oh, you know, I guess I should just go ahead and pour these stats where they belong. And then I go in the fight and it's like fucking nothing. Yeah. And then I start thinking, man, so the last four or five bosses I've fought that have been <laughs> extremely hard, I could have just used what the fuck I have. I've all, I always do that. Yeah. I was, ba- I was bad about doing that in, uh, near Automata as well. I had, I was stacking up all these fucking power ups and all the, I didn't even really, uh, there is a, uh, there's a, a pod, your pods have a chip, the chip system is what it is. Mm-hmm. I had a, fuck ton of these chips you add chips to get to make your to add like modifications and i wasn't using a single one of them and then once i did once i actually utilized them and then change and there's like three different uh uh like like loadouts you can make oh i was a fucking beast <laughs> I was like, what, well what do you know if i had just used the tools there and it what it's it's never because i'm i don't i don't even know how to say it man i'm not refusing to use it it's more like I don't I don't feel like I need it. And then when I do, it's like actually you needed this about five five levels back, so Yeah, it's in Horizon Zero Dawn, I mentioned the modifications. One thing is unless you have a skill unlocked, you don't get them back. So mm. if you wanna put another one in your weapon, you just delete the old one. Which is kind of annoying and that makes me not want to use them. Because, well, what if I upgrade my bow? But I use the, you know, 26% upgrade. The next best one I have is 22% or maybe 16% or even 7%, you know, mm-hmm. depending on the weapon and whatnot. So I, I'm i hesitant to use them because I don't want to lose it. I don't right. know when I'm going to upgrade. So if I upgrade right. in the next 30 minutes, well, that sucks. Yep. So it's it's been one of those things for me with the uh, weapon upgrades. So you got Horizon Zero Dawn. Yep. You're playing it. You're about 30, 30% through the whole entire game. Yep. Are you enjoying it enough? You still want to play it? still want to go through it? Yes. Well, cool. I, I would cool. be much further if it wasn't for my streaming computer because it's one, one of the games that generally I'm streaming the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, when I, I mentioned that I went through and I just 
did the grinding for the inventory upgrades. I did yeah. that off stream just because I wanted to play, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to do something because that'd be boring, you know, for stream anyway. So I just right, went ahead and did right. it offline. Uh, so I want to play it. I would like to have played it more, but I haven't been able to because of my streaming computer issues. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to talk about in the game. Uh, let's see, let's talk about combat. Uh, and so the, when you actually, when stealth's no longer an option and you're fighting, uh, in melee, that is especially an area where it feels weak because I don't know if I haven't gotten to the point where I can upgrade my spear. Mm -hmm. It's been hinted at that. If I go do this one side quest, which isn't actually a side quest at this point, it's just, oh, this paper mentions that there's this big monster over here you could kill and you might get, there might be a spear that you can get there. So if that's the case, then I'll be able to get a new spear probably. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm still using the spear I started with at the beginning of the game. And mm-hmm. I don't like that. Uh, I've, I have upgraded my bow. Technically, I'm on my second upgrade that I, the one I haven't used yet, but the spear leaves a lot to be desired. So, I don't do melee combat unless it's an enemy. I know I can stagger mm-hmm. because staggering lets me do the critical hit, which there's no crits unless you're doing what's called a critical hit when it's staggered, and I've pumped it up to where my critical hits should be doing as much damage. They're tied in with the silent strikes as well. Mm-hmm. So when I out my silent strikes, I out my critical hits. So when I run out of stealth, I stagger, crit hit. You also get a little bit of an experience boost. So I always try finishing off with one of those to make it uh, optimal for my experience. Leveling, I haven't had an issue. I think the experience rate gain or experience gain rate is good. It's not mm-hmm. too much, but it's not super slow. And like I said, you get bonuses for stealth kills, for critical hit kills, for burning kills. You know, if you catch them on fire and they burn to death, you get bonuses for lots of different stuff. Uh, don't know if I said headshots or not, but that's yeah, another yeah, one. Yeah, you did. Yeah, okay. Um, so you have all these various bonus ways to get experience, which really add up. Because if I'm clearing out this camp of humans, I'm going to do it silently and with as many headshots as I can. Mm-hmm. And it may be 25 experience each, you know, enemy. But if there's 10, 15 enemies, that quickly adds up. Yeah. So yeah. the experience hasn't felt like a grind other than impatience, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I'll clearly admit that. I'm like, all right, I just need two more skill points. I can max out this part of the build. Let's do it. And it's like, oh, this is taking forever. Really, it's not. It's yeah. like, oh, 30 minutes later, I'm done. <laughs> so... <laughs> Overall, like I said, super satisfied with the game. It's not perfect by any means. Um, I don't know that at this point, and I haven't finished the game, so this may change. At this point in my play, I wouldn't put it in a game of the year category. Uh, yeah. So that may change as I actually get through the story and get better weapons. And we'll see what the game holds for me coming up. Okay. That's it for me, I think. Wow.
Well, uh, let me think. Let's deviate from our standard protocol for just a moment. Number okay. one, did we have any well actuallys from last week? Not that I'm aware of. Man, you guys, I just want to say you're welcome. I'm quoting The Rock, mind you. I just want to tell the guys and gals you're welcome <laughs> uh, for our perfect podcasting again. As we strive to, we strive here at the end of Timecast to deliver a quality product to you, and we're 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 so happy to know that perfection is what we're giving you. So <laughs> you're you're very welcome. I can hear you saying it right now, and we're just you know you're very welcome. Uh, I I I need to get better at note taking, Chris, because I know hmm. there were a couple of points of uh, it's, I mean, it's been about nine days since our last episode, and I know there's some things about news wise I wanted to go over. Today, in particular, mm-hmm. being fresh, hot off of the fucking press's news, yep. the Nintendo Direct Mini was today, and I, I mean, I give or take with Nintendo Directs, they usually have so much stuff on there that I'm just indifferent to, not that it's bad, I'm just indifferent, like, mm-hmm. you know, they had a, uh, the Pokin tournament getting new characters. I don't play Pokin, I don't think it's, I think it's cool, but I have no interest in that. Me neither. There's, uh, I think Mario Odyssey is getting some DLC, a free DLC. Very cool. Glad That's to cool. Know that. Uh, just some, some spotty things here and there. The most interesting thing, mm-hmm. what gave me more hope than it should, because I immediately <laughs> had a thought and it immediately got shot down because I'm, I'm fucking, I know better. Dark Souls Remastered mm-hmm. coming to the Nintendo Switch. Jubilation. Happiness. <laughs> Good, awesome. I love, love, love that Nintendo is slowly gaining this shit into their repertoire that Nintendo has not had there for a long time. I mean, having Call of Duty on the fucking Wii back in the day was like, oh man, they're pushing the envelope, you know? Yeah. But we've seen, uh, We've seen Skyrim come to the Switch. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Skyrim's got some dark tones to it. Now we're seeing Dark Souls. The fucking title, Dark Souls. It has dark <laughs> themes to it, okay? So hopefully Nintendo is branching their... They're opening their fucking arms to some darker, dare I say, more adult-themed games. The crazy, the stupidity in me went, Fuck yes, Bloodborne? Of course not. Bloodborne is Sony property. That's that's not going to happen. Now, m- maybe down the road some merger, some deal could be worked out. But to tell you the truth, I am not concerned about Bloodborne coming to the PC. I mean, uh, to Switch. I'm concerned about it coming to the PC. That's what I need. Along with a Demon Souls 2 and a Bloodborne 2 sequel. But either way, for now, we're getting Dark Souls remastered, which is which is good. I'll take it. There are a few more hits and notes on it here and there. Nintendo Directs are very, uh, I mean, like I said, they're hit and miss for me. That's it, usually just like a, it's a Splatoon update. I don't, I don't play Splatoon. I have no interest yeah. in it. But you know, it was nice. Uh, yeah, as you said, ADGQ is going on. Is it? Is it finished yet? Or is it finished? It finishes Saturday, I believe. It finishes Saturday. Yep, started Sunday, finishes um, Saturday. This is the first year of all the years that I've been watching GDQs and ADGQs that I have not watched a single run yet. I am saving it for the end, and I'm going to binge them all at one time. 
So I I can't wait. It's it everything's been a surprise for me now. I've had a few like gifts spoiled here and there, and I've seen a few awesome, very well, uh, uh, some nice photography pictures of like the guys and gals just playing the games. But even the almost the schedule itself, I think I I, I grazed through the schedule at one point about two weeks before it started, and I I dropped it. I was like, no, I want to be surprised this year. Because last year, uh, I forget I forget what titles that were specifically missing, but when I didn't see titles for uh, GDQ last year, specific ones, I was like, oh man, this isn't here and this isn't here. So we'll see. I can't wait. It's either way. It's ADGQ. I'm sure they're having fun. I'm sure they're speed running. I'm sure they're having great times, and I'm pretty sure they're raising a lot of money. So yeah. that means to definitely happy when GDQ and ADG, ADGQ comes around. For those guys and gals interested in this thing, that is, th- this is two specific things in the year that happen. ADGQ is usually in the January, February time frame, and then GDQ, the actual event, is in the summertime. There, these are not the only two speedrunning events. Also, there are other ones you can check out. There's an RPG one. I forget the name. If you just check out the speedrunning community as a whole, just yeah. Google it, research in your own time. There's probably close to close to five or ten different events that happen worldwide around the speedrunning community and from what my research has shown the majority of them all go to charity in some shape some way shape or form so if you've yeah. never checked out speedrunning chris and i both highly recommend this shit is entertaining because on the one side yes you have people that are just speedrunning and I, i'm going to play super metroid and i'm going to do 100 percent in 45 minutes you have the other ones which are we are playing super metroid with one controller, two people mm-hmm. holding one controller. I mean, that's shit. That's awesome. I, yep. I love stuff. I love the incentive runs so much. Yeah, that's been one of the highlights for a lot of the incentives. And the in particular, you mentioned the uh, two players, one controller. Those end up having some of the best commentary yep. of any run because they just yep. go back and forth, you know, about whose fault it is when they mess up and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. But it's all in good fun, you know. Yep. It's not serious. They're... They're hemming it up, so to speak, and, and putting it, on a good show. Another, it depend. It's it's game dependent. I mean, usually it's usually the high profile games or the high profile runners. But it's one thing you you they have announcers that will announce during the commentary, like you know, we just want to let you know that you know a hundred dollars was donated from so and so, and here's a comment. There are some games specifically comes to mind. Uh, one of my favorite uh gdq speedrunning events is the mario maker relay run i love those those are awesome not only because the relay run itself is probably the most entertaining thing i've ever seen it is it is literally like my fucking super bowl but to hear the people making donations during those high profile runs like that one are awesome you'll you'll it's like oh we just got five thousand dollars from so and so we just got a $10,000 anonymous donation from so-and-so. Here's $15,000. It's just, it's crazy how much money people donate when they're actually seeing these high-profile things. If you haven't checked it out yet, highly recommend it. Look up ADGQ, which is Advanced Games Done Quick, or GDQ Games Done Quick. You'll see schedules. You'll see tournament time. I mean, uh, 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 speedrunning times. They're a blast. They're, they go 24-7 for seven days straight. It's, it's entertainment. Yep. 
I'm sure there was a couple other pieces of news, but I have forgotten them. I'll take that fault on myself. Uh, if I can remember them, I can remember them. I'll, I'll mention them. Unless you had something. There was one thing that I had, but I don't know if I have a window open for it still. I'm checking. While you're doing that, something did come to mind. The, uh, you know what? I'm going to have to look it up as well. <laughs> the, I, I hope I have this right. AMD and Intel together are creating, uh, they're, they're making, uh, I believe it's, uh, chips. They're, it's either process, I'm pretty sure it's processor chips. So Intel and AMD together, the two rival, two of the rival, uh, processor companies have came together and they are together gonna make a processing chip. So we'll, that's, that's pretty cool. Interested in that. But that's not what it, that's not what it was. I mean, again, it's been nine days and I'm sure there was something. I mean, I've been through about four podcasts worth of news. There's lots of things that have, that have caught my ear, but oh well. I have lost my notes, so it, it is what it is. Uh, let me see. I guess, oh man, I guess I can roll right into my week. And don't fret, Chris. If you happen to find whatever it is, just tell me to shut the fuck up and <laughs> spring back up. My week has been fairly busy, personal side, gaming side to a degree. Uh, I finally got, for those that followed, that followed my escapades from last episode, uh, after my horrible truck accident where my truck was totaled, I did finally get, uh, my insurance company finally got in contact with me, gave me a, uh, estimate of repair. They said it's totaled. I said, no shit. <laughs> they gave me a quote for the vehicle and I've, I've sent the proper paperwork off recently and I'm waiting for my check to come in. That being said, I did go out and shop for a vehicle. Uh, I do have a little bit of fun when I'm shopping for vehicles, especially nowadays when I specifically know what I'm looking for. Love it or hate it. I don't care. It's my opinion. I love foreign vehicles as opposed to domestics, specifically Toyotas because they can drive for 700,000 miles and you know, they're, they're great vehicles. So I went specifically looking for Toyotas. I was in the mood to get a truck because that's what I had, but the more I thought about it, I, and, and driving a rental car around as well, and my wife had me a Corolla as well, I was slowly talking myself into, get, into getting a car. I had found some trucks both my year and comparable years that had more options, etc. And long and short of it, I stuck with, uh, I stuck with Corollas. I felt like getting another one. I wanted to get a newer model because I wanted to have better options, better comfort, etc., etc., plus lower miles for longevity. Uh, the vehicle that I got is a 2016 Corolla Sport Plus, which is basically a sportier version, or it, it is basically a luxury edition, but it's got a sports package, so it has a teeny tiny more get up and go. The interior is different. It has a sport style look to it. And I like it. The The coolest thing that I just found, this is why it pays to read your instruction manual or your owner's manual. I, I love listening to music in my vehicle. Ever since I had my 1987 Jeep Cherokee, I had a CD player in that, in that Cherokee. That CD player was, now mind you, this was like two decades ago. 
close to it anyway. It had the ability to play MP3s from a CD. That was it for me. Because I could take, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 something songs, put it on a CD, slap it in the CD player, never have to change stations, never have to change music, put the bitch on random, let it go. Let it go. That's been my life ever since then. I love having the MP, which I know that's not the most, the flack is better quality and et cetera, et cetera. But I, I've always fought and, and gone through links in my life to try to get ways to play MP3s, as many as I can possibly fit. Like, I like having a 64 gigabyte storage space and putting whatever thousands of songs and putting it on random. I've had an MP3 player, like an actual little physical, you know, the size, it fits in the palm of your hand, MP3 player for a long time. Mm-hmm. Different models, different types. I had a Sony for a long time. I had a, uh, a cruise for a long time, or not a cruise, uh, a Sansa clip for a long time, et cetera, et cetera. And that comes with, you know, having, you, you want to get a car charger. You want the cord that goes to it. You want to have, you got to, you, the vehicle has to have an aux port or you have to, you know, put one up. My my Tacoma did not have an aux port. I had to buy a mod to have a port put on it. This is a backwards way of doing it. I get it, but this was also like seven years ago. This car has an aux port and a USB port together. Not only can you hook an iPod up to that, you can hook a memory card, a memory stick, straight into your USB port <laughs> and play whatever the fuck you want through your car stereo. Yeah, our new my, vehicle my, has that. Yeah, my. My needs are done. I have no other needs now. I bought, just because of the way the format is done, I bought two memory sticks with enough space for everything. I got one for music and one for podcasts. I can, if it's in the music, I literally stick the fucking music one in, pick a track and play it, hit random, and never touch my stereo ever again. If I'm picking a podcast, I stick it in, find the podcast I want and play it, I'm done. I love this. This is the, this, this, was probably the best reason to buy this fucking car. But the gas mileage is great. It fits my needs. I I really honestly have no necessity for a truck anymore. Mm-hmm. If I need to haul something around in a truck, I have several options around me, both friends and other means. So that's fine. Trucks all to the 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 uh once I get the actual money deposited into my account, that'll be it. And at the long and short of it, this whole wreck turned out to be a, fortunately, blessedly so, just turned out to be just a big, just a big nuisance. That was it. So that, that, that's all done. I also had some upgrades to my PC. This is why it pays to either know your shit about PCs or have somebody (laughs) that does know their shit because I have a friend. Uh, his name is Jason. He's a, he is a computer guru. An awesome, totally intelligent knows his knows his way around a computer like nobody's business. He's always he's the guy who always builds my computers for me. And of the few times I've ever not had a problem that I couldn't fix, I take it to him and he wham bam's no problem. Well, I had some cash, had some money, and I brought it to his attention. I said, you know what? I'm really thinking about getting a new PC. I've been I've been getting. I mean, I get great performance, but I want to get even better. I can afford to get better. I don't think a graphics card's GPU is going to be enough, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about getting a new motherboard, a new proc, specifically for the new proc, new memory, blah, blah, blah. He's like, stop. Do you have a solid state drive in your computer? No, I don't. Two things you're going to do. 
you're going to get a solid state drive. You're going to put all your shit on it. And you're going to get a new graphics card upgrade. It should be all you need. So mm-hmm. that's what I've got recently. I put a terabyte uh, solid state disk in my computer. So now, good Lord, I have another terabyte worth of storage <laughs> space. And I have a GTX 1060 card because I do not need a 1080 for any reason whatsoever. And a 1070 apparently is only slightly better than a 1060. Either way, a couple new parts on my computer. I am, the reason why I'm even really, really bringing this up is because I am in the process of, again, transferring all of my games from Steam on, of Steam, my Steam games from one hard drive to another. Yeah. Oh my God. This, <laughs> I, I have never had to go through the bullshit of downloading, I mean, deleting games from my computer until Steam. Uh, there is a, for you guys and gals interested, I meant to share this. I don't know if I actually did or not. I'll try to look at it now. I'll pull this up. You can go to a website. Uh, you should be able to Google it. I believe it's called Steam Gauge. Yeah. And what it does, you, you're gonna, you put your Steam profile in there and it gives you basically a broad overlay of everything you have. <laughs> For me, example, it tells you the, I mean, it tells you some basic stuff. It gives your actual Steam user ID, tells you when you joined on Steam. For me, it was 2009. Shows you basically where you, where you're from. You had a, last time you logged off. But here's the big thing. This is the one I wanted to see because this helped out with me. And I'm, I'm going to get more into this in a second. It's me, but it's been a fucking pain in my ass, but I think I've got it down. And I quote, over the last eight years, You've spent 1,542 hours and 8 seconds playing the entire library, which includes 79 items, 79 games, and is valued at $1,800.28.86 and requires 754 gigabytes of storage space. (laughs) Now, that is the key. That's what I needed. Because I want, I'm at that stage now where I want to have all of my Steam games on my computer, whether the fuck I'm playing them or not. Interesting. That way at any given time, I can just play whatever, whenever, and not have to download. Two reasons. One, that's just, I want the accessibility, period. I've got the storage space. I need to have access. Two, Chris, if you try to re-download a fucking game from Steam... Holy shit. Doom, which is, I don't know, something like 70-something gigs, I need, that's like two and a half days straight worth of downloading. That's, it's fucking insane how slow Steam downloads things. If, if I have a game on my computer, if I have the game accessible, like a disc or something, if I uninstall a game, I just have to reinstall it from the disc, no problem. Mm -hmm. If you delete a game from Steam, and you delete all the local content, you have to re-download the game. Right. All the way. So you can't just like, oh, I want to play Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain today, just just because, well, good luck. Because that is a, that is a large gigabyte game, and you're going you're gonna to be waiting a while. So, what I had done in the past was I had... I had a separate two terabyte internal hard drive in my computer just sitting there. I said, well, duh, I'll just take my entire library and move it to that drive and get it to work. Well, that requires, you know, copying 
copy and pasting files. That requires Steam having you have to tell Steam to go to a new a new library pl- location. It has to re-download and reassociate files for every single game. It's a lengthy process. Now that I have a new solid state drive, I'm having to move all of the games again. So I'm I'm I, while I'm installing and and reconfiguring and all the files for the games I already had installed, I'm also re-downloading all the games I had deleted. This has become a problem because as I said, this ter- this this hard drive I have now is only 1 terabyte. I have 754 gigs <laughs> worth of games. For those doing the math, the actual size on this drive is like 930 something because as you know, Chris, you never get the you never get the right. sticker size. If it says 2 terabytes, you you take off about 40 or 50 gigabytes. It's just it's just the way that shit works. Mm-hmm. Also, Steam has a nasty habit of. I mean, I guess it's good it, because it it, alloc- it allocates space when you download it. So let's say you have a Steam folder, no games in it, you're good to go. Let's say Doom is 80 gigabytes. When it starts downloading, even though that bar is like 0.00001% and rising to download, that 80 per- that 80 gigs is locked in. Yes. It allocates space in your drive and will show that across the board. Anything that looks at that drive will say, no, 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 this, this, this is 80 gigs large, which is okay. But it also has a downloading folder. The downloading folder does the same thing. So when I hmm. went through thinking, okay, I'll just have all these set up in a queue format and just download them as I go, I can't do that. Because it acts like it's it, it's it's not double, but it is double. So I have to go. I had to go back and read. I had to delete everything and do them one by one. Oh, it's just it's just it's just big a pain in the ass. And it's gonna be a game by game pain in the ass until I get all these games installed. Right. Or until I buy a two terabyte solid state <laughs> drive. And I'm sorry, I don't have five six hundred fucking dollars laying. Yeah. Again, the so. the price of solid state drives, and that's why I only have a, I believe two fifty six. Mm-hmm. That I really only use for the OS. Mm-hmm. All my data is on a separate two terabyte normal drive, mm-hmm. um, because that's all I need. Uh, really, yeah. as long as the OS is fast, the rest usually comes with it. The major files are all on the C drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I just can't justify paying extreme amounts for the solid state drives. They are better than they used to be, but still not good enough. Well, I'm going to see how this works because again, like I said, I'm ha- the the first step which is going to be a long process. Like I'm all, I, I still have somewhere like 20 something games to re-download. So we're talking a good 2 maybe 3 weeks worth of da- worth of semi constant downloading. Once I get all these games installed, it'll have my OS Steam and all the game files on the same drive. And I'm just going to try some random games. I'm going to try some fairly intensive games and see how they work. If it's not really a difference, if it's not improvements that I really can see, then I'll just go back to one of my, I have, I have another empty spare two terabyte internal drive right now. I'll just go back to what I did before. At that point, it's nothing. If it's literally me moving all the files from one lake, one location to another, that's a breeze, 
because then all I have to do is reassociate what drive it's looking at, and then one by one go, okay, fix the files. Which I mean, total may take a total of an hour, but that's it. So I'll I'll see I'll see how this works. It's just uh, it's a data management pain in the ass when you know you have that many files and Steam acts the way it does. Yeah. So that's been my that's been my work part of my gaming life so far. It's, it's, it's going fairly well. The gaming side, I'm still still playing the three main games I was playing last. Um, actually, no, I think I had beats Hollow Knight. I have. So first off, I'm still playing Hadden a Hadden Time. Great Super Mario Sunshine esque game has a lot of it has a lot of personality to it. It's, it's it's good for platforming. It's good for collecting items. Has a lot of challenging areas to it, though some of it's fairly easy. I can already tell, given the percentage of the game that I am into, this is a short game. That's fine. You know, it's it doesn't have to be overly long. I'll enjoy it. I'll play my fill of it, and I'd say for the price that I got it, it's worth it. I enjoy it. But I'm a, I'm a platforming guy, so it's up my alley. I have went back and started a new file in Hollow Knight, and I'm still enjoying it. And I kind of, I want to talk some more about that game, but believe it or not, there are things that I don't want to spoil, specifically for you, because you haven't played many Metroidvania-style games. (laughs) And there's going to be times in this game that you need to experience, not just from the Dark Souls boss-style perspective, but the actual gameplay that changes over time and the progression that it changes. It's something to be experienced without being told. All in all, if this game has me going back for a second try, and for those wondering, my second playthrough, I'm going to maybe not exactly 100% the game, but I'm definitely going to do enough of the 100% that I didn't do on my first playthrough. I'm going to try my best to get all... Uh, I believe they're they're either trinkets or or jewel or uh, gems. I forget. I'm gonna try to get all the items. I'm gonna try to get all the upgrades. Do all the the side content, uh, as much extra stuff as I can. And I'm definitely gonna go to. I'm gonna try for the main ending. Maybe if I pay a little closer attention to the story this time, I'll get it a little bit better. But the gameplay is what's keeping me for Hollow Knight. Yeah, you're slacking on those achievements. You're only 17 out of 57. Yeah, you know me, the achievement <laughs> hunter, right? And also, sporadically, random times, I'm still playing Cuphead. I think I've beaten one to two. I've either beaten one to two more bosses, or I did another playthrough level in a boss. Again, I'm taking my time with with Cuphead. If anybody's wanting my end of game review, it it's it, it may be months from now. There is nothing at all rushing me through that game. I like playing at the pace that I'm playing it. It's it, it's literally I've played another game for two or three hours. Let's take a break, go play a boss for a while, and I'm done. Uh, that's not that the, the again. That is not me saying the game is bad. That is not a knock on the game. It's just that's how I can treat that game. Uh, and I I'm, have, I'm always working on other games too. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the Cuphead controls? The they're fine to me. Um, um, I wish I should tape down a. I should wish I could tape down the fire button, but you know. <laughs> in particular, what about the? Uh, did you remap 
Or, so are you playing on keyboard and mouse or with the controller? Uh, let's go ahead and get this argument out of the way now. For anything in the future, I only play games with a controller. Okay. The only thing that I play with keyboard and mouse is real-time strategies like Civ right, or right. StarCraft, etc. So. I mean, that's what I thought, but I just want to make sure. So I'm pretty sure this was before I figured out my controller issues I was talking about last week. Mm-hmm. But when I was playing, I had some issues. I remapped the dash. I'm not sure what you button you have it on. But I remapped um, it to a trigger. Um, and it just seems kind of awkward. It may just be, like I said, I think that was before I resolved my controller issues. So mm-hmm. my mapping was kind of funny anyway. And I think I was still... Something was wrong with my... D-pad versus analog. I think I might have had to use the stick instead mm-hmm. of the D-pad. Yeah. Um, but it just felt kind of un- felt kind of awkward. Uh, I still need to go back to it. But. I think that I use a D-pad. Period. I think I don't think that I use the. Um, I don't believe I, that I use the the analog stick. Which, I mean, you could. It's got 3D style controls, especially in the uh, there there is there's a couple aerial assault type levels. Yeah. But I think I I guess because it is a 2D like side scroller s style game, I typically just use the D pad. Yeah. I'm trying to run through my options real quick so I can tell you exactly what my controls are set up as. I don't use a keyboard. I use a controller. The problem is my, uh, shame on me. My, my batteries are dead on my controller right now, so it won't even, it won't read. <sighs> the moment that Chris asks me a question, I cannot provide an adequate answer. What a horrible piece of shit scumbag I am. It's all good. In, in any event, uh, I just want to stress that again, the, the speed at which I'm playing, because again, okay, like when I played Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild, I played for hours and hours and hours every single day, up playing that game for 300 and something, 400 plus hours. Yes. Why am I not doing that for Cuphead if it's, if it's such a great game? Because you don't have to. Right. Really, I didn't have to play Zelda that way either. It's just the way the game drew me in. The fact that this game has a multitude of difficult bosses, that's like one of the things about this game. It, it leaves it to where I, for me, when I pick it up and I specifically, specifically pick a boss level, I'll pick a boss level. I will die to that boss probably 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 times before I finally give it up or finally beat it. That's a playthrough for me. Like mm-hmm. when I when I get my ass handed to me over and over and over, and I progress, and then and then the next phase get it over and back and, and so on and so forth. When I finally either say fuck it, or when I finally <laughs> beat it, I'm like, okay, I'm good for a minute. You know, I I that's that's time for me to back away, and <laughs> I'm usually good after that. Yeah, with the game being actual levels it also lends itself to that pick up and play it for a bit and then come back to it because once you're done with the level that's a good stopping point with a game like breath of the wild it's like oh i have one more thing to do oh one more thing one more thing 40 more freaking things that pop up even on your trip to where you're going so yeah Yeah. you definitely get a mental log list of what you want to keep doing cuphead is more like i'm going to this stage i'm going to fight this boss Okay, I've either quit the boss or I beat the boss. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe I'll go stop by the store and see what my money can get me or whatever. But usually it's, mm-hmm. all right, let's chill out for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I have my, I have a typical Mario slash Mega Man setup for any time that I have a, ju- a jump and a shoot button. My jump button is A and my shoot button is X. I have my extra shoot to my B button and my dash to my Y. Now that's that's atypical for me. Okay. Because usually I try to put my dash as a B button, period. That's kind of a Mega Man X thing that I've always stuck with. But for whatever reason I've kept I've kept this one to the Y button. Um no particular rhyme or reason. I haven't had any issues with having dash there, mainly because I don't use dash a ton. But I do use that X a bunch. I mean the uh, the X shoot a bunch. So yeah, works fine. Okay, I'm just curious. But those are the three that I'm playing. Um, I'm trying to think of what I'm planning to play next. I really don't have any plans on what I'm going to work on next. I could I could scroll through my Steam list. Yeah, I can't. Uh... So how many games did you say you had on Steam? Uh, like twelve. I have 79, and that's... How many have you played? Does that um, Steam Gauge tell you? It does not. Now, it does go through... Let me see. It does actually have, like, hours played. Mm -hmm. So, uh, actually, I can tell you if you let me count for a second. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. We're looking at right around 20, 25 ish games that I now mind you some of these were rebuys some of these were collector packs that had multiple games right. in one but somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 or 20 25 30 games I have not played so my steam library according and I I couldn't get steam gauge to work it's give me some kind of error but I've used a different site called steamdb mm-hmm. uh, steamdb.info and mm-hmm. it will do a similar breakdown and according to it, I have 321 Steam games, and I have played 66 of them. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, Chris, you have your homework cut out for you. Yeah, I, I actually was thinking about uh, picking a day of the week and setting up a randomizer and just letting it pick a game for me that I have zero playtime in, or less oh, than nice. 30 minutes, because, you know, sometimes you get that one minute or so that yeah. it'll give you, uh, and just picking a random game and playing it for at least an hour just to yeah. try it and see if there's a thing. I do have some that are rebuys, like you said, uh, some that are parts of sets. Like I have, I bought one of the Sega packs, so there, some of those are broken out into their own games. Mm-hmm. So I have like Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, which are good games, but I don't know that I'll play them on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know how I would how it would feel playing them on PC because I always I I have them on Dreamcast. I could play them right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I would do that on PC because I wouldn't be pl- using a Dreamcast controller. Um, I don't know how the stuff that used the little memory card thing with the screen on the Dreamcast mm-hmm. controller. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know how those aspects work on PC. Yeah, so the, I'm, the VMU thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I would actually want to do that, but. I do plan on going through more of my uh, Steam library. 
Yeah, and also I forgot I am still I, I lied. I'm not playing three, I'm really playing four because I'm also knocking out levels here and there in Sonic Mania. Mm-hmm. So and I still have Valkyria Valkyria Chronicles to go back and, and completely finish. I still have I st- <laughs> fucking a robot named Fight's gonna be my <laughs> it's gonna be my fucking downfall. But yeah, I really don't know what I'll work on next, what big like trudging title. I mean there may not be one here if I mean, I may, I may buy something new. We'll, we'll see as time goes on. Maybe Chris can make, maybe Chris can or will make recommendations. I, I have some on here that I want to try to get through. Like I did buy the Devil May Cry three special edition. Mm-hmm. Devil May Cry three is my favorite fucking Devil May Cry. I love it. It has a fucking, it has a a weapon that is a fucking guitar that turns into a scythe. Fuck you. That's awesome. <laughs> and he plays it like it's a guitar. He moves between like having like slash moves into jamming out a riff. It's oh, if you have not watched like a just go watch like an exhibition of the of the ah uh, forget what it's called now. Somebody right now is screaming the name. It starts with a V. But that is probably the coolest weapon. I've ever had in any video game. That's my top pick for a, for a video game weapon. But I have that game, and I may get around to it. The thing is, I beat that game back in the day. I never beat it on, like, Dante Must Die, which is one-hit kill. Yeah. But it's a fun game. Maybe I'll get back into it. I was playing Vanquish. I'd like to go ahead and try to finish that up, too. I have uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. I know that's an older title, but mm-hmm. I... Kind of wanted to play that and see what all the hype was about it. I have games at my disposal. It's just I can feel that once I knock out all these games and you know Steam uh, Salt and Sanctuary, so I got to finish that. But I feel like once I start knocking these games out, I'm going to run into that turmoil where I, j- I have to go hunting. I have to find a game that draws me in. I don't have a Switch. If I did, I'm pretty sure Mario's uh, Mario Odyssey would lock me down for a good while. Yeah. Uh, we shall see. Either way, I'm having fun right now with what I'm playing. No complaints. Maybe I'll get some more games. We shall see. Yeah, most of my queue for the next while is going to be PS4. Because mm-hmm. I've been buying PS4 games, you know, on sale and whatnot for a little bit now. So I have upwards of eight games, I think, to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Shadow of Mordor is one of them. I have... A set of something. I can't remember what it is now. And I don't have my uh, games unpacked yet. So I haven't had a chance to bring them out and actually plan what I'm going to play since I'm working on uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Thanks for reminding me. Two things. One, the uh, scythe weapon is is the Navan. So you should look that up. Navan Exhibition. It just shows you what... Great weapon. Second, there was a day... The day... When I didn't have my PC, when uh, Jason was putting the parts in, I had, <clears throat> by the way, I can install a, a hard drive. He wasn't doing that for me. He has the mirroring software that I don't have. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like buying it, so he was he just mirrored it for me. Gotcha. Anyway, I didn't have my PC available, didn't have a Steam available to play any games, so I broke out my PS4. I say break out. I just started playing on it, and... I had uh, I have the Last of Us remastered. Okay, and I, I started playing that, and I like it. 
it's not the greatest thing since sliced bread because I'm only saying that because I'm only so far into it. Mm-hmm. That opening story, that yeah. opening cinematic, oh my god! Yep. Oh man, no. The way I see, I had that spoiled. I mean, this game's like like seventy years old, so I mm-hmm. had it. I had what happened spoiled for me. I didn't have it spoiled for me how it happened. Yeah. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Oh man. And then it immediately rolls into the game. Mm-hmm. Immediately flash forward in the future. Who knows what the fuck has happened? You're in the game. Some shit's going down. Yep. So I have only... I forget the chapter that I'm on or whatever section I'm on. Uh, I think I just picked up... Uh, what is her name? What is the girl that you're escorting? Uh forget her name the, the, the basically the other the main the other main character of the game yeah i just got her and i'm a ellie, ellie. yeah that's what i thought yeah. i just couldn't quite remember that was, that was off camera correction by my wife thank you for helping <laughs> us keep this podcast perfect baby we love you um i have not Fought a single okay. I, well, there was like the, one of the earlier missions. You do kind of get sort of you you stealth kill a couple like crazy zombie yeah. looking things, but I have not fought any actual infected things yet. And from what I understand, that is the core of the game. You run into set piece after set piece after set piece where it's you got to fucking handle your stealth shit to perfection, or you're yeah. gonna die. So we shall see. I'll. I'll be able to judge the game better when the actual meat of the game is played. Mm-hmm. But as far as story, as far as gameplay right now, I mean, it's interesting. I see, I see why, why it's up there. I see why it got a remastered game, you know? So maybe I'll, maybe I'll play that off and on too. We'll see. I don't, we're, we're too old, Chris. We got too many fucking hobbies and not enough time, <laughs> man. There's too many games, too many games, not enough time. I, I would recommend giving that one some more of your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can get into the meat of it and actually uh, see what it has to offer. Yeah. Hopefully it'll hopefully it'll be great. I I I, I foresee it being good. I get I get what this part is. This is just me fighting humans and it's me getting some of the you know the stealth movement down and you know, getting a good feel for the controls mm-hmm. and then the shit's gonna start happening. So I can't wait. We'll, it should be good. I think. Oh, and my Redbubble package came in, so that's good. Now I have all my... Did, did, I, did I tell the story last episode about Redbubble? You didn't tell, but you did post it. Oh, okay. Well, fuck me. I've... Sh- man. The uh, the uh, the End of Time cast wants to give a special shout-out to Redbubble. We're not being paid for this at all, but by God, they deserve it. So, for anybody that that didn't see the Facebook post because remember Chris this could be four years from now somebody could you know they don't they're not gonna see a fucking four year old Facebook post so here's here's the story real quick I spent somewhere in the neighborhood of 180 bucks 200 whatever I forget how much I bought some shirts from Redbubble if you're not familiar with Redbubble ladies and gentlemen it is a t-shirt apparel they're not just t-shirts they sweaters hoodies mugs just anything that you could stamp something on. They're made by actual artists. So you they artists are actually commissioned to make this stuff. They have a particular uh brand of clothing like they use these specific shirts and these specific sweaters 
but they are made by actual people who are commissioned. Uh, very good website for, I'm telling you, if you want to get real down and try to get some, some shirts that nobody has heard of or, if, you know, uh, an example, not too many people know Sweet Coden. I found like six different Sweet Coden shirts. That's awesome. And they're really good designs too. So anyway, I bought like six or seven shirts from Redbubble, and I bought I bought order I ordered them in the size shirt that I normally wear, which is a medium. I like that they mediums fit me. They're not super tight, but they're not super loose. They they fit me perfectly. I get these shirts in, I wash them, I hand dry, I hang them out to dry like this suggestion for the first time. I put the first one on, and it fits super tight, like super ultra, like medium tight. And I was both embarrassed and upset. Because embarrassed was like, oh, fuck. Uh, do I not know how to order clothes? What the fuck? <laughs> I buy medium shirts all the time. What the fuck? Like, my whole lot of clothes is nothing but mediums. And I was upset because I just got these shirts. I wanted to wear one that day. And I was going to start wearing one every fucking day. I love these shirts. I got a Mega Man 4 one. I got a Sweet Code one. I got a game, the old Game Grumps logo with John Tron and Aaron. I got awesome shirts. I got a Square Soft, a actual Square Soft logo white T-shirt. Oh, I was happy, but none of them fit. So okay, no big deal. Customer service issue that everybody's had to deal with at some point in their life, and I'm sure Redbubble had too. You know, big deal. I'll just this got a sticker on it or a little tag that says, "Hey, if you are not 100% satisfied for whatever reason, please reach out to us. Let us know." Now already, Chris, in my mind, I'm thinking. I'm going to have to bag this stuff up or box it up. I'm going to have to send it back. I mean, I'm probably going to pay for the shipping. Probably going to pay for the shipping for the new order to come my way. Mm -hmm. You know what? That's okay. I love these shirts bad enough. I don't mind the weight. I don't mind paying. I'll do it. Send them an email. They send me a, they send me a response that night. And I bet I told them, you know, they, it's the, it's, they're great shirts. The quality's good. I loved how soft they are. They look awesome. The problem is they're all one size too small and they fit me super tight. I'd love to get, I'd love to return them. Actually, what I put in for was to get a credit. That way I could just order more and it would, you know, all I'm paying is shipping. I get a response a few hours later and they said, well, you know, we heard about it, but if you want to do, if you want to do credit, you can, but if you'd like to replace, all they were talking about initially was just replacing the shirts. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll replace them. You know, just let me know what address to send the shirts back to. And, you know, just let me know how much I can, I can put it on my PayPal account for the shipping both ways. No big deal. Sends me another email back. Say, hey, I've talked to upper management. Don't worry about it. We've actually got an order in now for all your shirts. Again, large. We're going to send them to you. We'll send you emails as soon as they're shipping out the door. There's no charge to you to ship them to you. They're, they'll come in about the same time, about three days, three, four days. And you don't have to worry about sending the shirts to us. You can give them away, donate them. We don't mind. Free of charge. Just, just going to order a, a whole new set of shirts for you. That was awesome. Yeah. That I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't asking for that. I was not being that customer and making a big deal about something and say, this is not, rah! I was like, I'll send these back and I'll pay for the trouble. And they said, no, we're going to send you more shirts. It's on us. We want you satisfied. So, awesome. My shirts came in, to, uh, was it today? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, my shirts came in yesterday. I washed them. They fit just fine. I love every single one of them. I was going to donate the other ones, but my wife wants them, so now she <laughs> has them. So we have two of these shirts, and we can match certain days because we're such fucking Twinsies. Cheesy. 
twinsy nerds like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's so funny. Like she, uh, there was a shirt there. There was a one of the shirts. She, she was. I was trying to get her to guess what they were, and she got most of them. But the one, it's a it's a mashup shirt where it has a uh, frog from Chrono Trigger, but he stylized like Kermit the Frog. So he's like, he has his sword out, and he's flailing like, yay! <laughs> and she was like, who is this? I was like, well, you don't know that's Chrono Trigger, but that's so yeah, it's a green shirt too. So. Yeah, we got a purple Ultra shirt from Final, you know, from Final Fantasy series. So she yeah. loves that one to death because she plays Final Fantasy fourteen as well, and she knows who Ultra is. So. Mm-hmm. In any event, Red Bubble, awesome, w- went above and beyond. Was not expecting it. Did not ask for all that treatment again. Just, just so people are clear on this, I only spent the initial price for these shirts. They made an entire separate order, which is. 140, I want to say total was like around 140, 150 dollars worth of clothes for free and shipped it to me for free and let me know like, hey, your pet, your order's been made. Your order's on its way. Enjoy. So bravo. That should cap it up for my week. Chris, what you say we, uh, what you say we jump in this time machine, <laughs> go back in time and go look at some older games? Sure. Let's take a trip back to. Oh man, it's nineteen. <laughs> what are we in? Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty nine. Holy crap! All right, Chris. So it's it's nineteen eighty nine. Um, I'm I'm like nine years old, seven years old. I'm seven years old. Uh, I was two. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 fairly cognizant of what things are going on this year, but I'm still not all the way. Like I really I really don't know. It's it, it's weird going back and looking at shit that happened when you were a kid, and realizing that a lot of shit went down, and you. I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> uh. I don't know. I'm I'm just browsing through some of the events that happened in 1989, and nothing really stands out in my mind. Ted Bundy got executed. Yay! There's that. There was a. There's really nothing in here that I care about. What I did care about was video games. So we are going to go through the year 1989. View some games. I lost the fucking list because I'm a <laughs> shitbag. I have all the games pulled up that I wanted to talk about, but mm-hmm. I stomped out the actual video game <laughs> list and pull that back up. I guess we'll start from the top. Yep. Uh, the first, I've got two of them in the A's here. I've got one. Okay. My first one here in the A's is Adventures of Lolo. This was by, uh, how, pretty sure this is by Hal Laboratories. May have been Hal Core back in the Hal day. Hal Core, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. This was released on the NES. Uh, my experience with this for the first time was one of the houses I lived at way back in this time, probably around this time actually, a friend of my parents lived directly across the street from us, and they they were fairly well off. They had a Nintendo and all kind of fun toys, and this was one of the games they had. I had never heard of this game. They had, if I remember straight, I'd have to 
you know, call this guy and ask him what this, if he could remember his library. But I do remember he had Zelda 2. He had some Wheel of Fortune game. And he had, uh, he had uh, Back to the Future and Adventure of Lolo. Those are the four that I remember. And Adventure of Lolo, Adventures of Lolo, I believe there were three or four of them in the series for the Nintendo. Very good puzzle games. In my opinion, these puzzle games actually stand the test of time. They have a, they have a increasing level of difficulty as you go on. There's, I, I want to say there's close to like 40 or 50 something like individual rooms. And every room gets increasingly difficult as you go. And you, the tricks that you use in the previous level, you are pretty much guaranteed to use at some point again in the future. So, like, the first, they're, they're all set up in, like, a, it's a very cutesy stylized style area. You're in a castle, and you're in individual rooms of the castle, and you're trying to progress. I think you're, a, I think you're either trying to go up levels in the castle or down. I forget. But, there are, there are specific, not tiles, not physical tiles that you see on the floor, but the, a lot of the puzzle elements in the game are laid out in like a tile format. And it's, it's very basic at the beginning. You have, you have to get to this stairwell. And to get to the stairwell, you gotta push this block up and push this block to the left and push this block up and then boom, you've cleared the way, move on. The next one is, okay, you got to push these blocks around things while avoiding enemies, and so on and so forth. It gets super complicated the further you go into. I believe there are bosses in this game as well, and they all require their own, you know, puzzling to get around. He has, he doesn't really have attacks. I think he, there's like a specific item you can pick up that will let him shoot like a, kind of like a bullet, like a white, like energy ball. But you have to pick those up as you need them. And usually they are level and objective specific. Like, you need to... The stairwell is behind this enemy. You have to find... And you have to find this this one bullet item. So you have to push these blocks out of the way and maneuver around. Get the block. Or get, the, get the power. Get, get the energy ball. And then shoot it at the thing to blow the enemy out of the way. And then you can go through the stairwell. But it's definitely not an action-y style game. There's, there, uh, there are obstacles that move. There, you know, there's spikes that are stationary. There are spikes that move around. There's enemies that that just run around the room. There are enemies that run around at high speeds. There are enemies that run around and shoot bullets at you or shoot spikes at you. There are enemies that, if they are within a certain line of sight to you, they will hit you. If not, you're fine. It's all puzzle themed. It's all puzzle elemented. And I had a really good time. Even as a kid, I liked this game. As a puzzle style game, it, it was good. And again, there's three, maybe four of them in the series. This was the first. You got, again, somewhere around 40 or 50 levels a piece. All of them with increasing difficulty. All of them with increasing uh, styles of puzzle solving. Good game. Cute little characters, cute little story. Just, it's good. It's really, really good. Glad I played it. I would def, I would definitely run back today and play through these and see how they, see how they work. 
if there were to be a negative stripe against it, which to me it doesn't matter because, as I've said before, most of the time I'm playing games muted with a podcast on or music playing. Usually these days a podcast. I I don't remember how the second and third one went, but specifically in Lolo 1, the same level music plays for every single level. Mm. It's a long track, mind you. It's it's. I think the pattern loops around every maybe minute or so but you you gotta think if you're in these rooms for five six seven eight minutes trying to figure out the puzzle and that time 50 that's a lot of the same music i get that that can be that can be odd just turn the fucking music off as bothers you that much the gameplay yeah. itself it is great highly recommend lolo even to this day what's your a any what a stick out to you so my game is Alleyway. So I this saw is that, that. Have heard about it? Tell me about it because I've seen it, but I never played it. I had I could not tell you how many hours I put into this game. So mm-hmm. it is a Game Boy game, which is a little different than norm, the ones we normally talk about on here. We normally talk about the uh, NES. Uh, getting I into know S, this NES game. Whatnot. This yeah. is the brick-breaking game. Yep, it sure is. Oh, it's just under Alleyway. Okay, yeah, we oh, we all know this game. Come on. Go ahead, Chris. So, this was my go-to game for any kind of car ride. If I had already played through my other games a little bit, you know, got tired of being stuck on Zelda. Uh, I don't even remember what other games I had for Game Boy, but this is one I actually still have. Uh, it's in my Game Boy bin. And, man, it's just a fairly simple uh, brick breaker. Uh, it was a clone of a game called Breakout, mm-hmm. which, let's see. And I had played one previously on PC. It was a DOS game. Uh, not Breakout. Man, that looks terrible. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Alleyway, slightly better graphics. Still black and white, but the mm-hmm. uh, look better than the Atari game I just pulled up. Mm-hmm. Um, it had, there, was an, there was an arcade game it was based off of, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Uh, That's where I first remember playing it. Was it was an arcade game? Okay. Um, the interesting thing about it is the pilot of the little ship thing you're controlling mm-hmm. is Mario. What? Yeah. Well, I, you, I'm seeing the fucking box art for it. It is. Yeah, so... fucking... Nice. So, and there are actually bonus stages, which the bonus stages in the game are blocks you can go through, so you're just collecting points, you know, for one-ups mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's actually the Mario sprite is wow. uh, one of the first ones, I believe. I don't know if they actually change or if they're all Mario. I can't remember. It's been a while now. Yeah. But I put hours upon hours. It has, you know, the static bricks. It has moving bricks. It has expanding paddle size, I believe. Um, oh, interesting. I, I was just scrolling through the wiki looking to see if there's anything to talk about. And I didn't know this, but apparently you cannot get an infinite loop up top. Uh, wow. That's a, that's a kind of a go-to in uh, brick breakers. You find that angle that puts it above the blocks and it just bounces back and forth until it clears a majority of them Mm -hmm. or something drastic changes. Apparently this game actually made it to where after you hit the ceiling and blocks so many times in a loop 
you know, it hits the same pattern, mm-hmm. it randomly changes the velocity at a certain point oh, so wow. that it will go in a different direction. Right. So that explains all the times where I went, what the hell just happened? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it. Brick Breakers are simple games, but this was portable, you know, on the Game Boy, the original Game Boy, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, I put hours upon hours. I don't know. I probably have hundreds of hours in this game. Yep. For for those that are curious about what we're talking about when we say breakout or brick breaking games, I did our research as good end of time cast <laughs> hosts will do. The style of game that this is this is based off of is there's an arcade game released back in 1986 called Arkanoid. And it's, 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 this is an expansion upon Atari's breakout games. I'm bringing this up, not saying that Arkanoid was the base game, but that this, the Arkanoid was the game that I remember from the arcades playing. Mm-hmm. And I remember it because as, okay, so you have this vertical, this vertical room and across the top in a horizontal fashion in different layers are colored or number music colored bricks and the different colors denote how many times they have to be hit in order for them to clear away. On the bottom of the screen, you have a little bitty bar that goes left to right, and in between the bricks and the bar, you have a steel ball or a a ball. The idea is you want to bounce the ball off the bricks and your paddle and hit them to break them. So like a green block, hit it one time, it'll disappear, and so on and so forth. And I think the end goals were either to reach a high score or to break all the blocks in the game. The reason why Arkanoid stands out to me, and only because I haven't played uh, Alleyway, it may be the same, was because that randomly these bricks would also drop power-ups. And the power-ups had different abilities. Like you would have one that would extend the length of your little bar that moves back and forth. So it's a little bit easier to control. You have some that would speed up the speed of your bar going back and forth, left to right, to make it, again, easier to get to the ball when it falls back down. You had one that would add, it would split the ball or add a second ball. So now instead of one ball getting breaking breaks, you had two of them doing it. You had some that would, you had one that would let you catch the ball and then move left to right and shoot it off in, in the direction and or speed that you chose to. So. The power-ups effect of the game really drew me in. And I I like these games as a just a quick pick-up play. Uh, and, and like you said, on-the-go game, very good. Very entertaining. Now, according to the uh, wiki, there are 24 levels, not counting bonus levels. Mm-hmm. I probably only got to like 12 or so. Oh, yeah, they get hard. They get extremely difficult. There's no saves for this game yep. or anything like that. It's one of, I mean, classic old school game. You play in one sitting or that's it. Though yep. apparently they uh it's available on the DS and the Nintendo store. Nice. Yeah, this game with a severely updated, yeah, this dude these games are great for that. You know, I'm gonna severely, go check it out after this. <laughs> oh yeah, severely upgraded visuals and graphics and music. I mean, could you imagine that this is the kind of game, this is the kind of classic game that gets that facelift where the facelift just does it justice. Where imagine the more that you break a brick, like maybe it has a tone 
it's like bum 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 and then when you finally break it it like explodes and you can hear the <laughs> bass hit oh man well, yeah we're game designers chris you know this come on oh that's something i i i'll talk about it next week on my what i've been doing okay all right uh Next on my list in the A's, I don't know because I just deleted it. Man, I'm fucking off my <laughs> rocker today. I was looking up the Arkanoid thing. It completely fucking threw mine off. Apparently, I only had one A, and I was a utter fucking liar. Let me scroll through it again just to make sure. Uh, Alf, I know the TV series, but I don't know the game. Uh, oh, I, I know what. Avoid the Noid. I was mistaken. Avoid I never played Noid. Avoid the Noid. I believe there was another NES game called Yo Noid. <laughs> and I remember playing that game because our mutual cousin Jughead had this game. This is a Capcom game, but this is not that game. This is another one. So we'll talk about. We'll talk about. Or maybe we already talked about Yo Noid. What game? Nope. It comes out next year. So okay. Not not yet. Not yet. Next on my list, though, is Back to the Future, the 1989 video game. So, yeah, just like I said, it just so happened that this game was also one of the games that my neighbor had. Uh-huh. Uh, this was also in a very early baby time in my life where I, I had not yet come into my own as video games go. Uh, I, I, I just played what was around me, and as a kid... I knew Back to the Future. I had watched it. I had I enjoyed Back to the Future. Hey, here's a video game about Back to the Future. Cool. Then you play Back to the Future. Oh boy, this is not like the game. I mean, this is not like the movie. Number one, what I didn't realize until way later in my life. Of course, this game is going to be fucking horrible. It's a LJN NES game. For anyone that doesn't know. Take 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 some time in your life and just go Google LJN. Go look at their library of games. Go read some reviews. There's plenty of uh, YouTube reviewers out there that have said their piece on LJN. Not a good company. And I don't mean in the EA we just make money train bad. I mean <laughs> the LJN is like the U-Bowl of video games. They just make what the fuck they want. They don't really care about the quality. They just want to put their name... They want to make a movie, they want to make a game that has a hot title so it'll make money. This game, I, I, I know I played more hours than I really should admit. I do remember specific, le- specific levels in the game. I think the first level was a top to bottom scrolling, uh, I believe he was skating. I'm pretty sure he was skateboarding. And you're trying to, you're trying to avoid different obstacles in the road. Like there's construction guys that are moving a pane of glass, and but you don't see the pane of glass. It's just people holding their arms up, so you get the idea there's a pane of glass there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're avoiding obstacles in the road. There's like oil slicks. There's you know like little street signs, stuff like that. You can. And then you can pick up a bowling ball power-up that lets you basically <laughs> shoot bowling balls like a gun. Oh, boy. I remember a level that had... It was kind of like that old Atari game, uh, Topper, Tapper, whatever, where you're... It was like root beer floats, and you're either you're either making them or you're trying to catch them. I, I, I forget specifically. 
I never made it too, too far in this game. As a kid, number one, I was a kid, and two, it did, it, it got fairly difficult over time. I, I'm pretty sure if you went back to nine, ten, eleven year old me, whatever, I would have been like, boy, this game's fun! But <laughs> it was just because that's all I had at the time. So, not, I mean, maybe worth if you're that type of person that likes to play trash to see what it's like, hey, give it a shot. For me, I did my time. I'm good. It's, it's, it's not. And sadly, that I mentioned this before in another episode when I was talking about uh, like my history is gaming. This is what gaming. This is this was a facet of gaming back in the day. It's still around today a little bit, but not as hardcore as back then. I guess the ideal was trying to get. I think it, it was a struggle trying to get general audiences into gaming. Period. And one of their draw tactics, I guess you'd say, was, well, just make them about movies. Yeah. I mean, there was a Rambo movie. There was a Back to the Future movie. There was an Aliens movie. There were, um, um, movies, I'm sorry, mo- video game. There was, there was a Terminator 2 video game. There were so many movies that got turned into old school, 8-bit and so on video games. It was incredible. And, I don't think, I think aside from maybe the Batman NES game, I don't think there were many that were ever good. Were ever, ever worth playing through. Not usually. I mean, but you're right about them being, you know, movies and video games. Just this list, there are so many of them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like there's a problem with making that, that it's really hard to find good video game movies. It's mm-hmm. equally, if not more hard, more difficult, simply because of the amount of them out there, to find good video game uh, movies that were made into video games. I challenge you, ladies and gentlemen, if there's any of them you can think of, any of them you'd like to suggest, hey, you can email us at... That's coming later. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to, I'd love to know. I have heard... Now, this was actually brought up uh, in Giant Bomb's Game of the Year deliberations for 2017, that... The Mummy movie that came out last year, which apparently was utter fucking bags of flaming dog <laughs> shit, apparently had a licensed game made in conjunction with it, and apparently that game for a Metroidvania-style game is actually very fucking good. I don't remember how far up the nomination list for them it got, but they talked about it quite often, and all I heard was this game that was based on a horrible shit movie is very, very good. So maybe I'll try that one out someday and give it give it a shot. That would be uh that would be one of very few that turn out that way, you know? Yeah. Um I also see. Do you are there any bees for you that you see? Uh, don't think so. No, I didn't see on my first one. All first right. playthrough. Uh, I okay. do see that actually Batman. The let me let me pull these up real quick so I got the exact one because there's three of them apparently that came out around. This yeah, time. I was just looking at that too. So, not the ocean game that I don't think. I think, aha. So, Batman, the video game for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, uh, I haven't yeah. played this. I haven't personally played this, but I've seen, I've seen people play through it. And I've, um, you know what? I think I did play through this even like maybe even a few years ago. 
but I and I added it to a list of games that I need to play. So I'm I'm totally lying out of my fucking ass. This is definitely one to get around to. Uh, this is by Sunsoft back in 1989. It's it's Batman the video game for the NES Nintendo Enterta- Entertainment System. As far as mechanics go, great. As far as theming in this game, great. The dark tones, it's it's based off of the the uh the eight the eighty nine uh, Batman film, but it uses that eight bit architecture. It uses that eight bit sprite style very very well to portray this game, and the mechanics of the game itself are very good. This is a very good adaptation, uh, of a movie in my opinion. So it's definitely worth a playthrough. I have not played it enough. I haven't played it all the way through, so I can't make like a full. I can't gush about it. But from what I have seen. And what little bit I remember playing, I added this to a, yeah, I'm going to get back to finish this one. Definitely worth it. That's one of the B's that I I had forgotten about. There's also nothing else on the B's that I played, I fooled you. (laughs) For C's, I need to check this real quick because there were two Castlevanias. There's Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse. That one is for the NES. I... Love Castlevania. I love all of them. I've had a good time. I put way too much time into Castlevania 1 for the NES back in the day. Sadly, mm-hmm. as a kid, I never beat it. This was one of the titles that I had owned. This was one of the titles that came with uh, the original NES bundle that my mother had got for me for a Christmas from a pawn shop. And Castlevania back in the day was hard. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're not the easiest thing in the world even, even to this day, but they were difficult. The fun thing is, when people think of Castlevania, Castlevania 1 and Castlevania 3 are not, not quite the Castle, the, the, uh, Metroidvania that people think about. That's what I meant to say. I can't, I, I'm back to not speaking again. Shit! <laughs> when people think of Metroidvania, you don't go play Castlevania 1 as part of a Castlevania in a Metroidvania title. Castlevania 1 is pretty much left to right, right to left, side-scrolling, action, whip, whip, shoot, use items. Pretty much the same thing for Dracula 3. I've only played through this game in its entirety once, which is not good because there are multiple characters in this game. It has a, it's, it's, it definitely has better, uh, graphics and it has better music than the first one. It just, I, I owned Castlevania 1. I had borrowed Castlevania 3 at some point in my life. It's a Castlevania game all around, though. You really can't go wrong. There's a lot of additions to this game that the first one didn't have. Like, again, it having multiple characters. Uh, I also believe it had... There were multiple paths in this game as well. So as you progress through the game, you could take different routes to go to basically different areas slash alternate endings. That is kind of Metroidvania, but not specifically. Metroidvania, the roots of that really come from like like Castlevania 2, where Castlevania 2 was, I have this door I need to get through, I need a key, go find the key. Alright, well I found where the key is held, but I can't get through this wall because I need this spell, go find the spell. That's the idea. Backtracking, keeping mental notes of, of locked doors or 
areas where you see an item, but you can't reach it, so maybe you will be able to. Maybe there's some double jump feature, blah, blah, blah. It, w- it had to have been so amazing back in the way, way, way back day of never playing these kinds of games and just having to take either paper or or mental notes of these things. Like, you would see a power-up on a high cliff. Well, hell, he can't jump that far. Not at all. And you would just forget about it. And then later on, you get some spell or item that would let you jump twice as high or double mm-hmm. jump. Oh, shit. Maybe I'll have to go back and do this thing. <laughs> so that's, that's the idea. But again, Castlevania 1, Castlevania 3, you don't get that. It's just good fucking really good music and whipping shit and killing bosses and getting items and using items and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I wish I could talk more about Castlevania 3. Again, I've only played it once. I do remember it had more additions. It was definitely an upgrade from from uh, Castlevania 1, and Castlevania 1 was fucking stomp your dick in difficult throughout the <laughs> part of the game. I know difficulty subjective, but it was for me, and this one as well had its fair share of difficulty. Good game. I mean, it's, it's in the series, so it, it's not too horrible. Yeah. Also, on the Castlevania side... Oh boy, was Castlevania Adventure the Castlevania Adventure or Castlevania the Adventure, however the fuck they chose to say it. I think the actual title for it was Castlevania the Adventure, which. Yeah. But it's crazy because if you look at the title, if you actually look at the game cover, it has the followed by Castlevania and underneath that <laughs> adventure. Whatever. Hey, what the fuck do I know? I'm not Konami. Mm-hmm. This game was by mechanics difficult the jumping the whipping the the enemies the the amount of damage you took this game was like mega man 1 levels of stupid fucking difficulty very very blocky controls it tried for the game boy but lots of other games have tried to do games that have done it way way better there was a remake later supposedly like the the adventure rebirth I think that was for the WiiWare. I had heard a review about that one. Apparently, it was better, but eh. Don't really recommend Castlevania Adventure if you're trying to get a feel for Castlevania-style games, especially if you're trying to get a feel for Metroidvania, because this is not right. this is not where your home belongs. Yeah, the uh, wiki says it was released in the 3DS Virtual Console. Yeah. But that's all I can say. That's all I could say about that. <laughs> Any C's for you, Chris? Not a one. I've got one more to talk about. This okay. came out. All right. So this game came out for the Xbox 360 in 2007 called Crackdown. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's about a, uh, a cop set in uh, a fictional city and this guy is biologically enhanced. And he's going around the city and fighting crime and upgrading himself, a la, say, Crisis. And, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm talking about the wrong crackdown. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, well, this crackdown came out in 19... 19- <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, where, where's the connection? <laughs> I got you. So there was a crack... And I love it how the Wikipedia article for crackdown... Two yep. words, not one. Does say, hey, if you're looking for the 360 game, see this. Crackdown, one word. Yeah. For the definition of the word crackdown, go here. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I have not played Crackdown in actuality. Actually, I've never played either one of the Crackdowns, neither the mm-hmm. 1989 Crackdown or Crackdown for the 360. So, unfortunately, I can't talk about either one. I just, I just figured I'd be fucking funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, funny guy, yeah. Yeah, I know, man. I'm fucking. There's a there's one born every minute. <laughs> I was talking about suckers, not comedians. Uh, in the D's, there are definitely some D's here to talk about. I don't know why you're laughing, Chris. What's the deal? I'm just saying, there's a few D's here. No reason. about some D's. All right, talk away. All right, Chris, I want to throw this title at you. I want to know if you had the fortunate opportunity to play this game. Have you ever played a game called Destiny of an Emperor? I don't think so. All right. Well, I hope that our mutual cousin Jughead is listening to this episode specifically because I was introduced to this game through him. This is... How would I describe this to gamers these days? It's, It's kind... If you've ever even heard of the game series or the novella series called Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yeah. That's basically what this game is about. And again, this is on the Nintendo, but it was by Capcom, so it definitely has some quality to it. Um, RPG-esque in nature. You're going around different towns. You're trying to recruit more people for your army, so to speak. You get into uh, real-time battles. You have uh, numbers representing like hit points, levels. You have a meter that represents hit points. You you have different commands on your battle menu screen, and it's like attack, flee, use tactics or whatever. And so many little quirky things about this game that I remember. I remember the music. There is there are certain town themes that I could hum right now because I remember watching Jughead play this game. Quite often, I was never good at it, and he all he was he was playing it at a time where I didn't really understand the game. Like I kind of knew what was going on, but kind of didn't. Uh, I remembered certain names like Lubu and stuff like that, Lobo or something like that, Lube. I don't remember. And Gong Yao. I remember these names, but I don't. I didn't really recall exactly what their purpose was mm-hmm. in in actual history because these. The the romance ideas are based off of actual events in like right. whatever century, you know. Uh I have never played this game in later years of my life because I just I just haven't. But this is one of this is one of those weird games where I just happen to remember hours and hours of watching him play and being like, Man, this is cool. I don't know what the fuck I'm watching, but it's <laughs> but the music is cool and watching you play is cool. So, I want to play this now. So specific that back in the day, so I'm telling you, I know this is so stupid specific, but Jolly Ranchers, okay? Uh-huh. They used to have raspberry Jolly Ranchers like they do today, but they weren't blue, they were purple. I don't know if it was like a type of raspberry, but it was raspberry Jolly Ranchers. And I remember he had bought a bag of these, and I almost got sick from eating the <laughs> entire fucking bag. So I associate Destiny of an Emperor 
with our older Jughead <laughs> cousin with that music at night at our grandparent at our grandmother's house eating like mouthfuls like shoving four or five of these Jolly Ranchers in my mouth at a time. <laughs> that's like a specific memory I have in my life Jesus. it's definitely got some tactics to it it's the, the game itself it, not Jolly Ranchers they don't have tactics you should eat the fucking thing the game <laughs> does have some tactics to it it's I remember a lot of roaming around the overworld, getting into random battles, having a command list, telling your units to attack, and they all basically step forward and they make like an attack animation as they're constantly hitting each other and taking hit points down. You're right. trying to find different people. You're trying to find like not so much like hidden characters, but really powerful characters. That way when you get them in your army, they do a fuck ton of damage or they could cast magic or whatnot. There was a story to it, etc. So it's a good game. I should play it to get a better perspective on my later years. But it's 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 always going to be a jewel, a gem of a memory game in my life. I'm sure if we had Jughead on, he could he could talk our ears off about it because he played a lot. He probably beat it. And if we know him, he probably beat it several times. He probably <laughs> beat it. He beat it on the hardest difficulty. He beat it before we were born. Yada yada yada. Yeah, I I totally want to try this. Yeah. Next game on my list, Double Dragon to the Revenge. Mm -hmm. Have you played Double Dragon? I think we discussed this last pod, the last year, maybe the year before. We talk about Double Dragon pretty much every year because they released like a thousand games. Precisely. Um, I actually, at this point, have no idea which ones I actually played. <laughs> Well, I definitely played Double Dragon 2 The Revenge. I played it often. I beat it once or twice, even as a kid, and that was a hard win. This game, uh, this game definitely kicked my teeth in, but I enjoyed it. The graphics in this game were good. The variety of enemies were good. The stage and level design progressively was good. You, that the the difficulty got increased over time. This was my favorite Double Dragon. I played Double Dragon a few times, like the original Double Dragon. I played a few times in my life. Okay, played Double. Excuse me, I got hiccups all of a sudden. I played Double Dragon three. Didn't really care for it. There seemed to be a shift in that game that I had to go. I would have to go back today and play and get a good grasp on what the shifts were. But I didn't. I didn't care for it. Double Dragon two was great. I love it. I have no problem admitting that I quote unquote cheated this game back in the day because you had three games of you had if I remember right you had three modes of play player one player one and two a player one and two b and if I remember right player one and two b was you could attack each other and if me and Chris were playing and I attacked Chris and killed him he would lose a life I would gain a life <laughs> so. I had nobody at the house to play with me. I'd put it on on mode B, kill the other player off three or four times, get all their lives, and I'd have more lives in my stock. There's there's a city level where you're going... You're, uh, for those that don't know, Double Dragon primarily is left to right, maybe some vertical scrolling to get to another level. It's a beat-em-up. You're going left to right, you're punching, mm -hmm. you're kitching, you're kitching. <laughs> Kitching enemies to death. You're Kitchen, showing them making them yeah, food. Yeah, you're making them food, or you're you're showing them awkward movies. You you're punching and kicking. He, they have a hurricane kick. They have a flying knee move. 
they can actually grapple the enemy and tuck their head down and like drive their knee into their head. They can't. They'll drive their elbow into the back of their head. Uh, they'll flip them. Up. They'll fl- like flip. They'll hip toss them across the room. Lots of moves. Lots of lots of fun beat em up action. There's a city level that you you're beating up like city thugs. They have weapons. They have like pipes and knives you can pick up and use. There's a helicopter stage where you've been you're in a helicopter and enemies keep coming in and you can either kill them or you can wait to, you can knock them out the door the door to the the chopper periodically opens and closes and kind of pulls you toward the door and you can let the enemies go and they'll get pulled out the door. There's like a forest level that has uh, like these these grassy areas little tree areas and these enemies that have cigarettes. You can pick up the cigarettes and throw them at them, or you can throw them on the ground and they'll they'll light the grass things on fire, which will damage you and or them. You have big muscle bossy enemies like the abobo that everybody knows about. You have like really quick, like almost ninja like enemies. You have security look like security uh, personnel looking enemies that'll beat the shit out of you. Uh, you, the the shadow boss fight at the end was really good. I, I, if I rem, if I remember right, there's a stage leading up to his level that has like the lights go on and off, so you have to kind of you know gauge where you're going. It has it has platforms that disappear and reappear. Uh, I think his boss fight, the shadow lord or shadow boss, whatever his name is, he has a section of his boss fight where he becomes invisible and i don't remember how you figure out how to kill him it might be like his shadows on the ground or you just kind of have to keep an idea of where he disappeared and go over there and hopefully you hit him hopefully you 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 hit him good good music good gameplay it's one of my favorite nes games it'll always have a place in my heart because it was one of my first and worth a playthrough now I'm going to stress this. If you look on the Xbox Live, there is a <laughs> Double Dragon 2 quote-unquote remake. I forget what it's called. For the love of God, do not buy this game. You, you That is not the same game as Double Dragon 2. Yes, as old as it is, the 1989 Double Dragon 2 is Far superior to that utter fucking garbage that was shat out by who knows what company. I did buy the game, and yes, I only spent a dollar fifty on it, but I know why the game is only a fucking dollar fifty. It is <laughs> garbage. It is shit tier trash. Horrible controls. The music's not the same. The, the moves are not the same. It's yeah. Now there was a Double Dragon game that was that was released. Double Dragon Neon. That's much better. It's good, but that's not Double Dragon 2. Double Dragon 2 is its own game. It should be played by itself. I highly recommend it, even to this day. Chris, I know for a fact you've played DuckTales in your life. I was actually going to ask you if you'd played it. I Um, have. If you have, take the wheel. So, do you know if there was a Sega Genesis... DuckTales game. I do not. Because I'm looking, and there's a DuckTales 2, but that was also on NES. Correct. And then, so I don't know that there was a Sega version. If there's not, then I've played this one, I believe. 
Mm -hmm. uh, couldn't tell anything about it, so you can talk away about it, but it's a uh, action platformer. So it's just a platformer, you yeah. know, based on the uh, DuckTales uh, cartoon. Mm -hmm. so it, it kind of, a lot of the old Disney uh, cartoon games were actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, you have the DuckTales, and then I'm sure we'll talk about them at some point, the uh, Chippendale... Uh, What's the other one? Um, there, God, um, I just had it up. There's several of them. There's Tailspin. Yeah. Tailspin had Tailspin, one. Dark, one Darkwing thinking. Duck had one. Chippendale actually had two. There, just like Ducktales mm -hmm. had one and two. Um, see, I'm. I see little. You know, I could, I could, we should research this, but I see random little snippets here and there for what looks like apparently. Uh, Sega DuckTales. I do see a Quack Shot game, but that's not the same. I see a... I don't know. I see what looks like it could be a Genesis version, but it looks like somebody just mocked up fucking Scrooge McDuck in from the 8-bit NES into, like, Castlevania for the, uh, Sega. So I don't, I don't, I don't believe so. I'm pretty certain that if you played DuckTales, back in that day, you played it for the NES. The gameplay of DuckTales is... If anybody's played Shovel Knight recently, that's this is where this is known for coming from. There are other games that have also done Pogo-style jumping around, but DuckTales mm -hmm. is where it started for a lot of people. I want to say like a handful of levels, maybe six or seven different levels in the game, and that's it. The idea is, number one, first and foremost, if you don't know who Scrooge McDuck is, hmm, I understand you're a young person. We're, you know, you're not, we're not all old like me. You know, I'm 67, Chris is 94. We, we know what DuckTales is because this was quote unquote in our childhood. This was in the 90s era of cartoons. Which, for better or for worse, we say was the best era of cartoons. You may yep. differ. That's cool. That's your opinion. Uh, DuckTales was a... Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I was trying not to be the dick. You needed to say it for a change. DuckTales was part of a, a huge era of cartoons from the 90s era. There, there You got DuckTales. There's Tailspin, Chippendale, Darkwing. Pretty much the ones we listed. Uh, that's not even counting the 90s like Nickelodeon cartoons like Doug and Rugrats and oh man, mm -hmm. I can tell you. I, I I have no problem telling you, Chris, I've got almost all of those cartoons and I will occasionally watch those. I will binge watch Rugrats to this day. <laughs> I don't fucking care. I like that cartoon. I'm a big kid. Leave me alone. Fuck off. I pay my bills and my taxes. DuckTales, the idea for the cartoon was you have a character named Uncle Scrooge. He's a duck. Duh. The cartoon's called DuckTales. And he he is a quintillionaire. He has a huge fucking physical vault full of gold and money. And he's all about gold, all about money, all about saving money so he can keep money, etc., etc. The DuckTales game follows that same mentality where you go, you go to different areas of the world. You go to a jungle. You go to an ice cavern. You go to the moon. You go to a Transylvania-style castle. And throughout the levels, and I mean generously spread out, 
are gems, gold, money chests, uh, diamonds, emeralds, etc. You collect them, and the more you collect, it lets you progress further to different levels of the game until you fight bosses at the end of levels. There are characters to find and save, one-ups to find, of course. There's extra things to find. The the stick to this game, what people really remember about, about this game, is his platforming. He has the standard run left to right, jump, yes, but one of his maneuvers is... Uh, Scrooge McDuck has a cane and he can hop on top of, he can jump and then pull his cane underneath him and he basically hops on his cane like a pogo stick and it will get him through things. He can use his cane when he's standing to like hit enemies and it will knock them off the stage. He can hit secret areas and it'll make treasure drop. He can hit he can hit treasure chests and it'll make the the chest pop open and give him what what's inside. He can also use the stick as a pogo stick to jump on things and do the same exact thing. He can pogo on enemies to kill them. He can pogo on treasure chests to open them up and so on and so forth. A lot of jumping, a lot of platforming, a lot of obstacle avoidance in this game and a fuck ton of secrets. You this is one of those games where you definitely want to take Scrooge around and hit almost every fucking wall. You want mm-hmm. to, if you see a space where Scrooge can physically jump, like if it's just an open area, jump because a jewel will probably drop. If you see a wall, try to have Scrooge jump up against the wall, trying to go against it because there's probably a secret path. This game was loaded with secret stuff. You would literally just be jumping from one point to the other. You're just jumping to progress through the level, and a fucking jewel would fall from the sky. So, definitely an explorative, definitely a take note of where all the the jewels and all the money is, because the more money you get, the further you progress, etc., etc. And there are three different endings. Correct, correct. But look at that, multiple endings in a fucking uh, Disney uh, uh, fucking video game. This was also something that was known back in the day. As as Chris mentioned, Capcom and Disney had a lot of Capcom Disney NES games. A lot of them. This was one of them. They're all part of a they're all part of these little cartoon series style games. Definitely worth it. Definitely fun. Put a lot of time into it. Memorable gameplay, memorable music, memorable level design. Yeah, it's worth it. Definitely an NES game, definitely a nineteen eighty nine game of note. Moving down this list, I don't know if I see any. By the way, did you notice that this is one of the first ones that has three pages? Yeah. <laughs> any any uh any other D's you want to talk about? Nope. D's. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I I didn't see any E's. No, nah, no E's for me. I didn't see any F's. Either. Well, I All did. Right. S- go ahead. Go ahead. So, question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you recall? Final fight being in the arcade. I don't. I mean, let me pull up the let me pull up the thing and see if I see All a right. picture for it because I may have come across it. But because no. I know I have played this game, I don't know what platform. <laughs> it's a side-scrolling beat 'em up. So same as you know, Streets of Rage and whatnot. But this is an older one. This is one of the back in the day ones. Well, shit! Um, did you look at the platform list? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Arcade, Power System, Amiga, Spectrum, Xbox, Game... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was originally released in the arcade, though. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how long it would have been in the arcade yeah. when it was released in 89. Mm-hmm. So, I... I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to see which one this actually came out for in 89. I mean if hey, if if it if it came out around this time and it came out first on the arcade, they probably put it here first. It says it was originally released as an arcade game in 1989. So if you are pretty sure you played it in the arcade, then if you can talk about it, cool. I won't begrudge it. I mean, and apparently there's also a Sega CD version, so maybe I played that. <laughs> but it's a, uh, like I said, it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up, walk around, punching people, kicking people. The One of the major sticking points in memory for this game is one of the main characters, uh, Mike Hager, is a pro wrestler that was elected as mayor. <laughs> so... And he, his outfit is interesting because he has these, you know, green pants on, but then he just has this strap that goes across his chest or from mm-hmm. like the middle of his body up to one of his shoulders. Yep. And then otherwise up, he has no shirt on or anything and he's just ripped. You know, he's a wrestler. So he's very buff. Uh, <laughs> just a memorable, memorable, uh, character. And, there's the other two characters are normal brawler type looking guys. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking this up to fact check you, Chris. You sure you're not talking about? You're not talking about the real life Jesse Ventura. I think that's who you're talking about. <laughs> the the wrestler that became yeah yeah. See, and that's actually <laughs> happened more than once, you know. But yeah. Um. Yeah, but according to the wiki, it was originally began development as a sequel to Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went from a fighting game to beat em up. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there's not a whole lot to say about side-scrolling beat-em-ups. You walk across the screen and punch and kick things. <laughs> um, I don't think... I mean, it wasn't a complicated game. You had attack. And you had jump. Mm-hmm. You know, attack fast, do combos. Um, they had they had a few extra things. I mean, they had like special attacks where you could press a couple buttons together and you could do a special attack. They could they could grab enemies and do things yeah. kind of like you know double dragon. They could there were obstacles on this on the area you could pick up like barrels and whatnot. So. A few extra things, but it's definitely known for its fucking. You fucking go left to right and you fucking beat shit up. Yep. And you, uh. The premise of the game is that Hagger is, you know, since he's been elected, he's lowered crime in the city, but there's a gang that doesn't like that. So they, you know, try to bribe him, and then when that doesn't happen, they threaten him, and eventually they kidnap his daughter. So you're, uh rescuing her i believe yep throughout the entire game 
Yep. I also see on this list a Final Fantasy. I see a Final Fantasy Legend. Now, this is another one that I'm pretty sure I remember Jughead playing, but this was on the Game Boy, so I don't think I really had... I didn't have really a chance to watch him play this. And it, to tell you the truth, it's been so long. This one might not have been him. It might have been another friend of mine. But I'm pretty sure he had Final Fantasy Legend. I'm pretty sure also that Final Fantasy Legend had a few sequels to it as well. Maybe maybe two or three different sequels. This was a slight departure from the Final Fantasy series that we know. Uh, I've heard this was more akin to Secret of Mana. But I really can't talk about it because I haven't played any one of these. Not a single one. Not out of, I don't want to, just, again, we're talking about 1989 when this first one came out. I, I didn't even have a Game Boy back then. And by the time I was able to play games like this at my own leisure, like when I could buy them, it, these were long past due. So... There's definitely a Final Fantasy series on the Game Boy. All I again, all I remember is it was a departure, and it's more akin to Secret of Mana. So I'm guessing, uh, more action oriented. The maybe. Uh, the wiki says that it was actually renamed from the uh, when it was put into English to Final Fantasy just to mm-hmm. improve marketing. Yeah, it actually yeah. wasn't. So it has that uh, Super Mario Bros. 2 shit to it, where it was another game, but then they put you know Final Fantasy on it to sell it better. So, I mean, who knows? It it could be bad, it could be good. I literally have no opinion because I haven't played it. Maybe I would just to get perspective, but... Yeah, it's the first game in the Saga series. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm thinking is like Saga Frontier. Yes, it started with Final Fantasy Legend, which apparently had three games. Yeah. Legend, Legend 2, Legend 3, and then Romancing Saga, 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. Then Saga Frontier, 1 and 2. Unlimited Saga, another Romancing Saga. Well, then I may have been completely lines. mistaken. Then it probably wasn't reminding people of Secret of Mana. It might have been Mana. I mean, uh, shit, Saga series. Mm-hmm. Either way, yeah, again, I, can, I wish I could talk about it can't i can talk about friday the 13th for a little bit i definitely remember uh i think actually either jughead had this or his sister had this i remember playing this at their place one way or the other have you ever played friday the old 1989 friday the 13th chris not this one this was a side scroller slash vertical room checking game. Yes. <laughs> so the idea is, is there's a number of, uh, camp counselors on this little island and you're trying to, you basically Jason's on the prowl and he's going after all the other camp counselors and you're trying to navigate the map while killing enemies and trying to get to specific houses and cabins or whatever. And then inside the cabins, you're trying to navigate around to find the person in danger and or kill or run from, or like in, uh, incapacitate or run from Jason because he will find you in these rooms or these cabins. 
Uh, it had, I mean, it had some unique gameplay. Not exactly the greatest graphics in the world. Not exactly the greatest gameplay in the world either because, hey, what do you know? It's an LJN game. <laughs> You're definitely going to see this theme with me because once I realized the shit that LJN put out, just, just for shits and giggles, uh, guys and gals, just go wiki LJN sometime and look at the laundry list of what they have. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> it's, mmm, it's, mmm, mmm. There are games on there that just, ugh, not good. And this was, this was sadly one of them. It, the, I, a couple things I remember about this game. One, uh, the, the first weapon that you have, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is a rock. And you don't throw the rock straight. It throws always at an angle. So sometimes <laughs> it would just go straight the fuck over an enemy that was charging at you. Mm-hmm. That was also charging at you and jumping, running and jumping, whatever. Um, I remember the map system in this game being completely fucked. Like, it made sense when you think about it. Because they were trying to portray the map as the way that the character was physically looking. Yeah. But when you look at the map and then look at the layout on the screen, you can kind of make the match, but it's not that way. The The map, like, loops, and it does not match what's physically on the screen. It was so fucking infuriating. Uh, you also had, whenever, whenever a counselor was in danger of Freddy, you heard this, it was a beeping or a tone or something. And it kept going. It was always in here. Or whatever, whatever the tone was. And you, ha- that happened until either you found the counselor and saved them or they were killed. So as you're constantly walking around these areas, you have that beep going on. It's pretty much the same as like Zelda when you have low hearts, but more annoying. <laughs> I never, I never made it too far in this game. The times that I did play it, I found it rather difficult and very fucking frustrating. I know I died to Jason a few times. I'm glad that I never dove, you know, fucking dick deep in this game because, man, it's not, it's, it's not good. For another, for an even more in-depth review with more humor to it, I'm pretty sure AVGN did a good run on this, so you should check out his, uh, his review of it. Good stuff. The game is, is not good, though. The review's pretty funny. And that's it for the Fs. Uh, any Gs for you, Chris? No, I looked at the uh, Gradius game, but it's not one I played. Yeah, I see it's uh, I see Golden Axe there. But this is the first one, and... Yeah, this is the first Golden Axe. You never played that Golden That was the Axe? arcade one. Well, yeah. I, I believe I played two. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's what it is for me too. I think I played the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see Gradius. I did play Gradius three later in my life. For those of you, again, I do recommend. I strongly recommend that you go play Gradius five. You can find it, buy it. I don't fucking care. It's great. There's also a Gradius three and four bundle package for the PlayStation two. It's got the old school shit in there. They're good. I only played three a couple times, so I can't speak a whole lot on it. And to be quite honest, and I'm saying this in a respectfully cool way, Gradius is pretty much Gradius, folks. One, two, three, four. 
5 with 5 being the exception that there is super updated graphics. Uh, the same thing with 3. I remember playing the Gradius 3 that I believe the, the the Gradius 3 version that I played was released like a little while later for the Super Nintendo and that's the version I remember playing. Definitely because of the upgraded Super Nintendo graphics. Uh, but the the idea, folks, is very fucking simple. Left to right, sh- there's a ship. The ship gets upgrades. We talked about this with Gradius 1, maybe even possibly Gradius 2. You get more of the same with every iteration of Gradius. The differences being maybe different options that are added. Uh, as in options are the weapons that float around your ship or options that give your ship more abilities like flying faster, etc. and uh, shooting missiles. Uh, you all, there's also different enemy types, different, different environmental areas you go to in different gradiuses. There's hell of a fucking graphics and music upgrade from like three to four to five. It's five being the PlayStation 2 version. Oh man, it's so good. But yeah, this is specifically talking about the, the one that was released in Japan. This is released l- way late in 1989 in December. And then it was ported in 1990 to the Super Nintendo for Gradius 3. So I will, I will save that until we have that, that year in review. Don't see any H's. See Hellquest. I've heard of Herzog's Y, but I never played it. I think it's a mech style NES game for what that's worth back in the day. Uh, this says it's a early RTS game. On the uh, Sega Genesis, so hmm. there's that. I'm gonna try old, old, old school RTS. Don't see any other H's. I don't see any I's. Indiana Jones got some, uh, got some games. Wanna, I wonder if the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was an LJN game. And what do you know? It's not. Uh, Lucasfilm games, actually. So, hey, Lucasfilms has extended its market to where it actually had a game, a video game company. Not bad. I mean, if you want to get that close to your movie franchise, you know, mm-hmm. not bad. I have heard of the Iron Sword, the uh, Wizards and Warriors series, but I never played one. I do remember the Worlds of Power novels. There was a Wizards and Warrior book. I did read it. Full disclosure, I like all the World of Power books. I read every single one of them. I read them repeatedly as a kid. I liked them. Hey, it was fucking video games in a novel format. Right up my alley. Any J's, K's, or L's you see, Chris? Uh, nope. C. Laser Suit Larry has apparently made a comeback in the last few years. Don't know. Never played him. Could care less about him. Jesus, that cover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the M's, I do want to talk about a NES game called Monster Party. Monster this, Party. Yep. I remember this one from being at my grandmother's house and renting a game based off of the front cover art. And because, again, back at this time in my life, I had almost no ties to franchises or video games uh, or specific titles. I just picked shit. 
And the idea of Monster Party on the cover was it was a lot of the classic monsters we all know. There's Dracula, there's uh, uh, there's the Fishman, there's Medusa, maybe even a Sasquatch, who knows. So I said, okay, monsters in a video game, sure, why not? This game was odd. It's, <laughs> there's a fucking level where you fight a fucking shrimp. You fight a fried shrimp. What are those called? Tempura, yeah, you fight a fucking tempura <laughs> shrimp. This, oh man. So the idea is, there's a, there, there's a boy, and he, this fucking demon comes along, and he has to take the boy to a demon world, and they, they travel the demon world together, and they kill monsters, and that's about the most that I can vaguely recall from the story. I don't remember the boss or the, the the actual theme to everything going on, but no, I do remember the theme. The theme was monsters. Some of the bosses I I do remember playing. I remember I rented this game, so it wasn't wasn't in my arm it wasn't in my complete library. I remember the bosses being odd. <clears throat> I believe that you could transform between yourself and the demon like you could merge with them, I think. But, yeah, that, that, that part was pretty cool. The monster bosses were what I remembered, what, what really, really keyed, keyed me in. There was a boss. I will always remember this. There was a boss. I walked into the stage, and you basically go into, you go into boss rooms, and usually they'll have some weird fucking thing to say, like, when you fight the, the, the shrimp, he says, look out, baby, and he starts coming at you to attack you. Uh, you f- go to fight one boss, and it l- it says, sorry, I'm dead. And you're like, well, then, I, okay. I, guess, I guess the fight's over. The one, I got, I was legitimately stuck on this boss, Chris. You gotta think, I'm like 10, 11 years old, somewhere around that time frame. Number one. Number two. I had no video game magazines with me at the time, and even then you were hoping that a guide for this game was around in one of those magazines. Didn't happen, so that's two. Three, of course, no internet, Chris. So if I'm stuck in this fucking game, I'm just stuck. So I walk in this boss room, and there's this, what looks like a drum being suspended in the air, and there's these zombies, and they're they're dancing, and the thing says, "Watch me dance," and I'm like, "Okay." So I walk up to them and I start beating them with my bat, and they <laughs> fall down in one hit. And I say, "Okay, I know what I gotta do here. I gotta fucking I gotta hit the drum. I hit the drum. Nothing happens. A couple seconds later, the zombies come right back up, and I'm like, "Oh, you motherfucker!" I hit the zombies again, they fall back down. <laughs> Nothing happens. A couple seconds later, the zombies come back up, I hit them again. I'm like, alright, this is repeating, this isn't fucking working. I leave the room, I come back in, same shit. I'm thinking, okay, there, there must be an item in this room that I need. There must be an item in this level that I need for this room. I backtrack to the level. Can't find an item. I go all the way to the start of the level. Go all the way to the end of the level. 
can't find items. I mean, I'm losing health. I'm, I'm getting attacked by shit. I'm, I'm, I'm on my wits end. And then I start, I really, really pull out of my ass. There must be an item in an early level of the game. I'm fast up. Thinking this is like fucking ghosts and goblins all over again. I started going back through the earlier levels of the game and basically like completing the earlier levels. Completely completing them. Ha. Never found anything extra. I go in this room one time and I was eating. I remember specifically our grandmother had made me a bowl of ice cream with graham crackers in it. Remember she used to do that? She gave me a bowl of ice cream with graham crackers. I was eating the ice cream. I went into this room. I set the controller down as I'm trying to think. All right, think, Michael. As I'm eating this ice cream, what did you miss? What could you look in the room? Maybe there's a context clue in the room. Maybe there's something you're forgetting. Out of nowhere, the boss, the enemy, the boss dies and I get a key. <laughs> the trick to that fucking room was when they were saying, watch me dance. Yeah. You're just supposed to stand there and watch them. You're just <laughs> supposed to stand there and not do a fucking thing. If you attack them, it starts a timer over. You have to sit there for like mm. like a minute or two minutes and not do anything. Now, I say that you may, it may be that you could walk around, but the main thing was you cannot attack them. If you attack them, it starts the clock over. But that's the only context clue they gave you. You were in a room with these zombies dancing, and they say, now... In their defense, they literally do say, watch yeah. us dance. But in your gamer mind, you're like, oh, motherfucker, you're going to die. Whack. Oh, I need to hit this. Whack. Didn't work. That's my fond memory of Monster Party. As a kid, I never beat it. It does get more difficult as it went on, and I never, I, I didn't touch it as I, as I, in my older years. Mm-hmm. Sadly, a common theme for a lot of these games is that I played them as a kid and I didn't, I didn't revisit them. Sorry, this is also one of them. Any, good lord, there's a lot of letters before I get to my next one. Yeah, see me too. <laughs> if you, do you see anything until we get to the T's? Nope. Wow. Yep. Same here. There is a, uh, there is a shit ton of games that we are passing over, but sadly, I didn't, uh, I, did play, I lied, there are some S's, I'm sorry, I, I, meant, I said T's, I meant S's. There are some T's and S's that I did play. I I never played the actual Strider for the NES, but I know it's good because I've played Strider for the, the Steam version, which is an update of all these Strider games. It's like, okay. a, it's a it's a remix. Very good classic old school games. I've never, I have not went back and played the original one, so I'm not going to talk about it. But I do like the gameplay of the Strider for the Steam. So if it's anything like the the old NES version, probably worth a good playthrough. Side scrolling, slice and dice, ninja moves, cool stuff. Also in 1989, Super Mario Land for the yep. Game Boy. Yep. Go ahead, Chris. Take it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh it's a Mario game. It's on the Game Boy. Um I I don't know. I'm I'm looking at this and I'm trying to figure out if I actually played it. <laughs> it well, would be odd that I didn't. But with it being a Game Boy game, 
I'm not entirely sure. So, like you said, this was a this was a Super Mario Brothers style game for the Game Boy, the first one actually for the Game Boy. Little bit, it's slight departure from what you're used to in the theming of Mario because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, a lot of this took place in slightly exotic areas. You definitely saw some like Maui heads for whatever reason. There were sphinxes and pyramids. There's like a sky level where you're in a ship and you're shooting bullets almost in a shmup style. Definitely some departures, but the jumping and platforming was there. You had the end level mechanic was a... I think it's like if you got to a certain room, you got like chances to do a... See if I remember this straight. You would have one to two different exits at the end of every level, and I think the difficulty of the exit you chose gave you chances to perform the mini game at the end of the level and the mini game was you would have these four or five horizontal rows basically like dividers on the right hand side of these dividers had a power up it would give you coins one up three up five up something like that on the left Mario is randomly just going in a cycle. He's just going up and down and up and down really quickly. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a like a slot machine in a way. And you would hit your button and wherever he was at when that button hit, he would run to the right and you would get that power up. One up, coins, five up, three up, whatever. That that and the random shmup level out of nowhere and the you know, fighting a sphinx that shot fire and fighting Maui heads, fighting some enemy that was in like this hovering, uh, sh- shooting ship, whatever. Those are the things I remember from this game. The controls were very old, very archaic, so the difficulty was definitely there as far as the controls went. I don't think that I ever personally beat this one. I did beat the sequels down the road, but. Yeah. For the first iteration of a Mario game for the Game Boy, it it's 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 out there, but yeah. Uh that's all I have for the S's. Pretty sure I'm double checking because usually S's have a S's a sneak up on me. Yeah. I've heard of Sweet Home. Apparently Sweet Home wasn't uh I believe that was an NES game. But it was by Capcom. Supposedly one of the very first iterations of survival horror style or just horror style games. I have never played it. I've seen people talk about it. I've seen reviews of it. But as far as history goes, it's just, it's pretty much known for being one of the first like survival-ish, horror-ish games out there. Yeah. the uh... I'll tip my hat to it. The game director was the producer on Resident Evil. Ah, well, hey, makes sense. I don't see any other S's, even though there are a shit ton of there S's are a ton. here. Yep. But the T's. Oh, I definitely have a T. <laughs> what do you have, Chris? Um, Tetris. Go ahead. Uh, it's, 
the Game Boy. Just, oh, boy, yeah. I give you all the tough ones, don't I? Come on, yeah, Chris. Let, can, let, can you not talk about Tetris? Let me see. Uh, what can I say about Tetris? It's a Tetris game for the Game Boy. I mean, who doesn't know Tetris? Yeah. But yeah, so this one was actually the original Game Boy version. There was a Game Boy Color re-release. I don't know if it... I believe, yeah, it was a remake mm-hmm. for the Game Boy Colors. You actually had different colors on the blocks. But the... Uh, it drops... For those that don't know what Tetris is, it drops <laughs> blocks that are in... How many different shapes are there? I think there's... Four. There's a block, a L, a S, and a T. Aren't the, th- there are two I, S's? Yeah, there were. T- well, 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 yeah, but okay. So there's a S and a Z, kind of. <laughs> I mean, if you flip a shape, I guess it's a different shape. Yes, it is because it fits completely different in the gameplay. So, well, fuck me, I'm retarded. What you say about that? <laughs> Whatever you say. Um, so anyway, these blocks fall. And your objective is to complete lines of blocks using parts of these shapes that fall. So you may get the line and then you have, you know, four blocks in a row you can use to fit in a spot. Or you have the square, which is four blocks in a square, obviously. And the objective is just to complete lines. And while the concept sounds simple, which it is, if you get terrible shapes... You just get screwed. Yep. Because you're like, oh, I need this line. Oh, I need this, this line. And then you're three quarters of the way up the screen, and you're like, I just want a line. Yep. So it's it can be very frustrating, but it's a it's just a time waster game essentially. Fun uh, fact for me, this was the very first Tetris I ever played. I believe same for I'm me. Yeah. Pretty sure it came out for the NES, and as I mean, it's it's. Man, Tetris has been done forever. Oh, and yes. will probably be re re remade, remastered, whatever, forever. Hell, there was a fucking like Tetris three D thing on the I think it was the sixty four Tetris <laughs> World or something. Good God. But yeah, this this was actually also one of my first I had or owned games for the Game Boy back in the day. And yeah, I mean I I wish you had more, Chris. I'm sorry, but yeah, it's fucking Tetris. What, what, what can you say? Uh, the one that I will talk about is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the NES video game. Holy hell. This was also one of the first games that I had owned. It, went, it didn't come originally. I had this one. I made my parents get this for me at some point in my life. I had played this off and on at a friend of my parents' house, but it wasn't until I got it myself to realize how fucking difficult this game is. This game is notorious. It is known for its difficulty in the sewer, in the, uh, the underwater dam level. Yeah. But I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> so it's a side scrolling slash also overhead view. Uh, slashing, pretty much slash and crash, maybe, maybe beat them up ish as well. You play as all four turtles, they all four get their own health bar, which is a good, it's kind of like, it's, it's a way to prolong, prolong your ability to play because if you play as Raphael and you get your health knocked down so far, you can switch to Raphael, 
I mean, uh, Leonardo, and you'll have you'll have more health. Every turtle has their own weapons, their own standard weapons as usual. As far as like the cartoon goes, they do the same thing in the game. There's enemies that you never fucking see in the cartoon that are all over the place in this game. You got fucking walking, what looks like walking people on fire. You have these manta ray looking dive bomb things. There's, there are a plethora of enemies in this game that you never ever see in cartoons. Maybe they're in the comics. I don't know. Unfortunately, I never read the comics. You do have some tried and true stuff you are used to, like Bebop and Rocksteady. They make appearances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I don't think you see Baxter Stockman, but I could be wrong. It's been way too long. Here's the thing: I played through the first three, maybe four levels of this game repeatedly as a kid, and that was about as far as I could fucking make it. I got to the point as a kid where I made it past the damn no problem. There's a pattern, and when you figure out the pattern, you're good to go. But there are levels later in the game that are fucking insane. Like, levels that you have a very narrow pathway. You damn near almost can't jump, so you can't get over enemies. And they constantly spawn in your path. And they take multiple, multiple hits to kill. I remember a C-shaped slash pathway of some level in that game that did that. It just constantly spawns enemies over and over and over. And they take like seven, ten hits a piece. It was not an easy game at all. Not an easy game. I never beat this game in my life. Uh, I never even came close. I think I've made it maybe five, maybe six levels in maximum. But... It's got decent gameplay. It kind of it shifts between left to right side scrolling and overhead view. When you're in your overhead view, you have two modes of transportation. You can walk on foot, but you can also get your uh, the turtle van. The turtle van can shoot uh, missiles, which you can use to kill bigger overworld style enemies. It's it's got gameplay features. It's got some pretty cool stuff for turtles as it goes. I'm I'm pretty sure you fight. Uh, I'm pretty sure you fight a giant mouser at one point, and I think one of the end bosses is either Shredder or Super Shredder. I don't. I can't remember. Again, I never beat the game. I've seen it beaten, but never myself. This game ate a lot of time up for me, and it was so fucking frustrating because it's the turtles. I love playing the game. It's turtles, but it was difficult. Never could make it far as much as I tried. Turtles have gotten much easier over time. Much, much easier. Any T's through Z's, Chris? So I have one in Y. Wow, really? So I actually I didn't play it on, well, it came out on uh, Turbo Graphics CD. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did play it, though, on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out on Steam. It doesn't actually say. Interesting. Um, but this is it. Kind of got the it. So yes, one and two. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Weiss. I don't know how you're actually supposed to East. say it. East. 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 Yeah. Okay. So East one and two. I played them. They're separate games on Steam. 
I did play them both, and they kind of got the Final Fantasy twelve treatment where I played it, beat it, mm-hmm. don't remember anything about it. Uh-huh, um, according to Steam, I only spent 10 hours in the first game, so they're not very long. I do believe I beat them in two afternoons, mm-hmm. so not probably you know five hours each after work <laughs> or something. Yeah. But... I don't, I didn't, so in the first one, I only have two of the achievements, and in the second one, I only have four, so that kind of, <laughs> that, that's kind of my gauge on how much I cared about a game, mm-hmm. is how many achievements did I get, because I didn't yeah. spend the time to uh, do all the achievements, Right. but I, I enjoyed them enough where I've actually wanted to go back and find more of them because I believe there's a new recent one in the series um, that just came out not too long ago or it's about to come out, I believe. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to play it. Um, so they weren't bad RPGs. They just weren't memorable. Yeah. The only thing that I ever remember about Eve's games is I, I don't remember which friend of mine had it, but somebody did have the SNES version of East 3. Mm-hmm. And it always... I can't tell you how many years. We're possibly talking decades. Several years. Chris, if you go to Google and you look up SNES E's, so SNES and YS, and pull up the actual... And you could do this at home or wherever you are, but please don't do this in your car while you're driving, if you're listening to this. Please don't. But you can go to Images and look up the cover for the SNES Ease game. Look at how they have this, because this is how I always called this game, thinking that I was, like, a cool, hip kid. From top to bottom, it's Ease Wanders from Ease 3. The game is Ease 3, colon, Wanderers from Ease. (laughs) I always thought the game was called Ease, Wanderers from Ease 3. I always thought the Wanderers from Ease was the main story, which never made sense of why, then then why was the title of the game itself Ease? It blew my fucking mind, and I just called it as I saw it. Little did I know, (laughs) Ease is the overarching gameplay. That's the mm-hmm. overarching series. Wanderers from Ease is the subtitle. Whatever. I played the SNES game probably for a few hours as a kid. Chris, same thing as you. I just barely, I don't remember anything about it. I never beat it, never got far in it. I don't know how good the Ease games are. I, I couldn't tell anybody. Maybe I'll try them one day to get perspective, but some, and you're right. Some of the newer games are supposed to be a new one coming out for the Switch. And it looks, Looks pretty good. Looks interesting. Yeah, you know what? When I saw that Ease Switch gameplay trailer, it reminds me a lot of uh, Xenoblade, like a lot. So, hmm. uh, we'll see. Yep. Last game we'll talk about on 1989, just because of the fucking meme worthiness of it. I'll mention Zero Wing, because if anybody has ever ever come across all your base are belong to us. This is the game it came from. It was a game for the <laughs> Mega Drive, and it had uh, some voice acting in it. 
and it was very poorly translated <laughs> and very poorly modular m- modulated slash uh voiced out yeah so that's all i want to say about that if you ever wonder where all your bass are belong to us that's where it comes from also this is in addition to what we said earlier if you don't know about all your bass are belong to us you're a young person i understand for me, the all your bass was around the time when memes started becoming a thing. For yeah, me. that's when I started realizing, you know, the, these these tropes and whatnot. So this is kind of one of my first memes. Some side-scrolling shoot 'em up arcade style game. I've never played it. I couldn't tell you anything about it, but I can almost quote all of those scenes. Like, what happened? <laughs> Someone set us up the bomb. Yeah. No. Um. Well. Chris, I think we did it. I think we went back to 1989 and picked out anything that was worth a damn. Yep. I'm sure there was some. Uh, I'm sure there was some movie or something in '89, but we'll save movies for another podcast. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. This has been episode 25. Pretty yes. sure this is 25. Yes. So, that means that on record we're we're around we're about 27 episodes in and thank you for listening we definitely appreciate it we love people being around and hearing us talk we'd love to know what it is about us that you liked was it our voices was it our talent did you listen to other episodes was there anything in 1989 that we completely blasted over that you were like hold the fuck on this is a classic right here we love to know. Did you agree, disagree with our opinions on what we thought were highlights of 1989? What happened to you in 89? Were you just born? Were you 47 years old? Who knows? We don't know until you tell us. Many ways you can tell us things about this podcast or anything you want to tell us. One, we got a Facebook page. It might be how you found us here. Uh, you can comment on anything you see. You can leave something on our wall. You can give us a direct message. We don't care. We'll take it all. You can also email us. We have an email. It is endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny spelling or numbers in there. It's just as you heard it. We have a Twitter page. You can tweet us. We'd still wait to be twitted. To be tw- today, the truth, we're still waiting for any feedback. We'd love to hear your opinions, your thoughts. We'd love to hear things that you want to talk about, things that you agreed with, you disagreed Things that you think we forgot, hey, corrections you think we got wrong. We love to hear anything and everything from our audience. But in the end, regardless, thank you for listening. We appreciate every single person that does. We don't ask for money. We have no Patreon yet. We have no Kickstarter for anything yet. The only thing we ask is to pretty, pretty please help us get our name out there. If you know a video game person... If you know a person who likes video games and or likes podcasts, send us their way. They they may they, they may be interested in us. This we may be their cup of tea. We like to get our audience grown. We like to know that people like to hear us talking. There's a few of them. There's a handful. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll do it for this episode of the End of Time podcast. Please please get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody.